Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, beer drinkers. Get ready for an all-new experience in information exchange and beer culture. Your only source source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers from around the globe right to your home. You're not just listening to broadcasters. It's the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. On this week's show, we're going to talk about a lot of things, Um, and also our guest today, uh, who's in the studio right now, his name is Tim, and he is the brewmaster from Lagunitas. Yay, Tim. (laughs) How you doing, Tim? Make sure that, uh, I guess I should have told you this off here, make sure you're right on top of the microphone, because there you go, they're not the most sensitive things in the world, but I'll turn it up anyway. Uh, Tim, uh, you are the brewmaster for Lagunitas, right? Well, uh, yes, we're all uh, very knowledgeable at Lagunitas. Okay, we're all uh, head brewers there. Yes. Okay, so there's several of you then. Yes, yes, we have a uh, rotational schedule there, and we all uh, we do about everything it takes to make good quality beer. Okay, do you, do you work around the clock? No, <laughs> well, some, some it seems like it. I dream sometimes about what's, uh, what's <laughs> well, wrong. I wonder if you have like, right. <laughs> I I be several shifts going. Yes, we do. We have brewer shift and we have uh, filtering shifts. You know, so kind of like there's a, a separation between the brew house and the cellar. I mean, wort is made in the brew house, and your beer is made in the cellar when you bring the yeast in. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. So We're who, gonna get who's y- higher up on the ladder. Who's higher up? <laughs> well, you know, there's some the managers. Owner. I'm on the floor. I'm in the trenches, you know. Are I you like the low man, hands. Tim? Did Lagunita send us the He's low guy? Brewer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he brought T-shirts. So he's yeah. cool. No, Tony Mangi's the man. Okay. He was the one with the vision, and uh, he's our inspiration home brewer turned pro. Oh, okay. So, uh, all right, but we all uh, do our best thing to uh, make you know great beer for him. We're going to work on getting you a promotion, Tim. <laughs> we, know we want you, we want you two higher hours up there. To do that. All right, that's yeah. why I'm here. We've got two hours to make you sound <laughs> yeah, great. great. <laughs> <laughs> we applied him with liquid courage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to talk all about Lagunitas and what Tim does and how we got into it in the second hour because we got a lot of other things to get to. But uh, feel free to call in with questions for him later. Let me give the phone number now because uh, we're going to have a discussion here in a few minutes that I want some phone calls about. Uh, you can call us today at 925-691-5589. Is that right, John? I believe so. <laughs> uh, Daniela, is that right? Six nine one. Uh, we'll try it if we get five, five, eight, cool. nine. Yeah, if, if the phone doesn't ring, well, I guess I gave the wrong one. Uh, 
Because we've had some stuff going on in the forums that I'm going to talk about in just a couple minutes uh, that I want to... Don't make it it cheesy. I love controversy. Yeah, I want to talk about all that stuff, too. Uh, What else do I need to make sure I get out of the way? Uh, Chat room. Um, It it should be working as well as as it can. We're still working on getting a new one. Um, But if you sign in as a guest, don't bother registering because you won't ever be able to log in that way again. Go to the bottom of the page and, and log in as a guest put two numbers after your name. Like, if you want to sign in as Fred, do Fred12, and you should be able to get in. Um, 69. So there's that. And we have a moderator, uh, the lovely Daniela, of course, is, is going to answer the phones and work in the chat room for us to make sure that your questions get to us. So, all right. A couple of things we're going to do on today's show. First, um, in a few minutes, our spotlight today is about yeast and fermentation. So we're going we're gonna to give you lots of information about what yeast is, how it works, how to best manipulate it. And um and and then and then use it in fermentation because it's obviously uh you know it's pretty important yeah that yeah. might be the most important part of the brew yes. process so we thought hey why not you know give you guys the the lowdown on that so and also if you have things to say about it uh, you know beyond what we've said again feel free to call in and let us know uh, before we get to that I want to talk about uh, some feedback that we've gotten over the last week um, sure. Definitely the main feedback was that people couldn't tune in last week, and uh, that was because our streaming provider dropped the ball and didn't give us the bandwidth we were supposed to get. Uh, so we got that fixed. So I don't even really need to read those emails because they all said the same thing. But some other emails were, were cool, some good, some bad. Uh, we don't want to hide from anything here at the Brewing Network, so we're just going to read them right on the air. We're going to let you guys know, and, and you know you can send in all the emails you want, good or bad. We'll, we're taking them, and, and we're listening, and we're laughing. <laughs> we're going to grow uh, become better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently a good word for our show so far in the rooms has been cheesy. Brewers like to use the word cheesy, and uh, they like to use it in association with my voice. Hops can smell and, cheesy. Uh, <laughs> yes, they can. Well, you are an and, uh, AM DJ. I totally. <laughs> yeah, what do you want from me? But that's cool, man. I can take it. So I thought I, instead of hiding from those and uh, pretending that I'm, you know, Captain Super DJ, I'm going to read you the cheesy emails about uh, what we've done here and, uh, and go ahead and talk to you guys about that. Let's see. Um, one of the first feedback uh, that I've gotten, I got, a, I got. This is a forum post. I'm going to read you both forum posts and some emails. Uh, this one says, "I'm definitely looking forward to the next show. The buffering was a huge disturbance, and I found myself doing other things on my computer while trying to listen." Which I feel is like cheating on us, by the way. Uh, it is my understanding that the bandwidth will be corrected in the next show. It was semi-informative, funny, and is there a better subject to talk about? What's the final thing? What? And I'm wondering what they mean by that. It, like, better subject than, than beer? beer? Is that the, because the answer to that is, well, no. Uh, if, if maybe he might have tuned in at that moment yeah. and we were talking about, you know, something else. Like maybe when I was saying Dr. Scott looked like he had just smelled ass after tasting that, that last <laughs> beer. Uh, I guess there could be a better subject to talk about than that. Well, did you scroll down and find out what his suggestions were? Uh, there, well, that's, uh, that's another thing I'm going to point out. There are rarely any suggestions. It's much more a, uh, I love it or you suck. Um, which I, I wrote an article that's going to go up on our webpage in a few days um, that kind of says, you know, when, when someone tastes your beer and they turn to you and they say, this sucks, you don't really get anything out of that. Yeah, you don't you know, it, it doesn't say a well, word. Just on the same token, they say, 
That's nice. <laughs> you yeah, don't get anything that, out of that, that either. Exactly. Because they're probably lying. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, the person standing next to that idiot uh, probably or could think that the beer's great. So, you know, there are varying opinions. Radio and music tastes and, and what you like to hear are the same as beer tastes. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah. So uh, we're never going to please everybody, but we are taking suggestions. So... Definitely, if you want to, if if you're taking the time to write in, you suck. Let us know. You could tell us what sucks. You know, um, tell us what we suck. We will grow. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so that was one right there. Uh, you know, is there a better topic to talk about? The answer is no. Thanks, please. Uh, <laughs> next, <laughs> next uh, was first. Why in the world would they make you install Winamp? Great, just another file player to complete to compete with the numerous ones I already have to open other files. Um, well, the answer to that question um, is that Winamp is a free player that was designed around the principles of homebrewing. It was invented by a bunch of volunteers without spyware or any of the, the heavy things that, that bog your system in other commercial players. And it's also really adaptable to all sorts of streams. The other players want to charge us money um, to to broadcast, and they're also mutually excuse, uh, exclusive. If you use Real Player, for example, I couldn't. St- I'd have to buy a different stream to broadcast in Winamp. So, Win- uh, it, yeah, in Winamp. So, what happens is Winamp is sort of an across-the-board platform, and it allows Mac users to tune in also. So, it was just the best possible solution for what we could do. I'm sorry if you if you had to download something else, you could use iTunes if you didn't want to download it, but. Uh, well, it's just the way it is, so deal with it. Internet radio. All right. Um, the next guy said, I also installed Winamp, but actually ended up listening on Real Jukebox, and he can listen on iTunes, so you don't need to have Winamp, although it's a cool program, is what he t- is what he typed in. So you could try your Real Jukebox if you want to do that. Um, another guy, now this here we got into some music stuff. Everyone was talking about music all week, too. Lots of suggestions. Uh, more Grateful Dead, both from Dr. Scott and a couple forum posts. Hey, Matt, Mash Tom, I'm out there, and um, I'm working on him for you. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I saw a lot of posts by Mash Tom. Uh, I'm going to get some Grateful Dead in here. I'm, I'm down with that. We can do that. This guy wrote in, uh, he posted, um, I saw a post where someone said they were playing ACDC at the moment. After that, I wasn't interested in listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is fair enough. Not everybody's into ACDC. Okay. They're definitely cheesy. They fit our cheesy yeah. format. Um, but, you know, it's good Aussie rock. I know we got some Australians listening out there today, and I think they'd have a thing or two to say about you dissing ACDC. So uh, I'm going to keep playing them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other stuff on there, too. Um, someone in the uh, chat room has said the term for why we're broadcasting uh, the ways we do is low overhead, which is also true. I guess I just didn't mention that we're broke yeah. and Winamp is free. Homeless next week. Yeah. Um Let's hey, but see. we got a cool studio. Yeah, we, yeah, we do have a cool studio. Not cool temperature-wise, but though. cool equipment-wise. No, but I'm looking at two kegs right next to me. We yeah. do this week have beer on tap in the studio. Last week we had to leave the studio to get our beer, which was totally inefficient. Yeah. So we decided <laughs> to just bring <laughs> that, it in here. That was one of the problems. Well, we took care of that. A guy who posted right after that uh, negative ACDC post just uh, said quite simply, for those about to brew... We salute you. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. For every ACDC hater, there's an ACDC lover. Um, another guy uh, wrote in, well, the tunage isn't bad, but the commercials are a bit gay. 
which may be so if we had commercials, we have but commercials? we don't. <laughs> we don't have commercials. <laughs> we are a commercial-free station at the moment. I guess he probably means my brew tips, and uh, which aren't my tips. I just record them, um, and the the station IDs that I do. And he doesn't get paid um, for it either. And I don't get. Tim, and you, you know can help what? us with more. I don't work for Infinity Broadcasting, guys. You know, there's no million-dollar budget behind this. I can't pay somebody to record. You know. Um, those things that you hear for like the movie of the summer. <laughs> if you see one movie this summer, you know, like that voice, that guy. Yeah. All right, I just can't afford that guy. So you're gonna have to deal with the cheesy uh, things in between. If we even knew who that you guy know. was. <laughs> yeah, he's just that We're guy. I'll tell you what, that guy makes a ton of dough every time he he does a. If you see one movie. Like that phrase yeah. is probably worth about twenty grand every time he says, it. and I might be lowballing him right there. It's it pays to have a nice voice, uh, so good for him, and sucks for you guys who have to listen to mine. But that's the deal. <laughs> uh, but in regard to the brew tips, which are cheesy sometimes, because I put some funny ones up there too, and and I'm laughing when I record them. I guess if they're just cheesy and you're not laughing, then supposed that, to be. That's all right yeah. too. But hey, send us your brew tips because we always want more, and and everybody has a different thing that they do while they brew. So send us your brew tips. Have uh, an email. Email me. E- email John yeah. at uh, the Brewing Network. John yeah. P at the Brewing Network or just go right to the feedback page, and yeah. we'll record them. If they're if they're any good, uh, we'll totally put them up. There. We need thousands. Yeah. But, you know, you could suck, too. <laughs> yeah, they, they could <laughs> suck also. Um, we'll we were talking about, uh, Daniela was talking about today recording some of her own, which might be a little better. She has a nicer voice than I do and a cute accent. So maybe we'll have Daniela record some brew tips. Well, or, or, Hi to everybody. There she Or she goes. could do it in German and then. Yeah. That's hot. <laughs> hot. <laughs> All right. Uh, another guy Thanks. wrote in, uh, he th- and he actually put the uh in there. He says, uh, uh. I don't get it. Why is this called the Brewing Network? Flipped it on this morning, the cars, and now this afternoon, the cure. What gives? No mention of brewing on this dis- on this station. Um, I would say hang out for more than 35 seconds, and you're going to hear something <laughs> about brewing. That'll well, answer this, your question. Well, this is generally a live show. and um, Exactly. You know, we got lives, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we have dedicated our Sunday afternoon to come into your home. We're going to have more That's shows, right. too. And there, yeah, there will be more live shows. So in the future, you'll tune in and, and you're going to get more live brew talk. But, uh, we want the music there, too. I want be, I want people to be able to tune in and listen while they brew. So, uh, you know, if you tune in and you hear nothing about brewing, either come back on a Sunday or hang out for a few minutes. You're going to hear some brew tips in there. Um, the next guy said, uh, I'm listening right now at work, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, pretty good variety uh, of music, and it's brewing related. So like I said, you know, one guy will tune in and say there's no brewing, the other guy will say great brewing tip station, you know, so what are you gonna do? Uh, well you did put some thought into it, trying to get at least, you know, they say beer or brewing or drinking or something in the song. Yeah, yeah. I did. I'm trying to up, you know, I got a little Jimmy Buffett in there who's always, you know, drinking. Drinking something. We can get some drinking out of Grateful Dead, you can be sure of that. Oh yeah. Uh, ACDC might not mention drinking, but you know they're drunk when they're playing. Right? So it's the same thing. And, and don't guitar forget, players. Don't forget alcoholica. Yes. So, I'm working on, you know, uh, whatever. Just hang in there, guys. Um, this one's good. This is an email I got, and it was my first angry email. And by the way, Ooh, I love we, lo- we like these. I love angry, angry emails. Yes. Like oh, a, he's an angry man. The guy was almost apologetic about sending it, but I say don't apologize if you're angry. Tell me, I'm fine. I'll yell back. It's, it's we'll fly good. out there, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll brew with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try to make everything better. But he started out with this. He says, "Okay, I'm stupid. Last week I had Can no troubles getting the broadcast after I signed on to the low bandwidth. This week I can't get it, no matter what I try." Yes, I downloaded the Abacast thingy twice, and it won't do a thing. 
I went to their site, tried all the troubleshooting, and still nothing. If I weren't about half snockered right now, I might be kind of pissy. Oh, wait. I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Signed, Mark. Thank <laughs> you, Mark. Hey, Mark, you out there? Did you make it work yet? Yeah. yeah. Call in. Call in, even if you're still angry. But if you got it to work, call in. By the way, when I get drunk and pissy is when I send all my emails, too. Yeah. So if you get one that yells back at you, I'll send another one in the morning. It's a little nicer. Forgive me. What can you do? Yeah, John, I've sent John a few... Uh, Emails. Yeah, you have. <laughs> They're more like essays. <laughs> I, do, I do go run off a little bit. Yeah. Another guy wrote in, uh, yeah, I got the stream to work now, but the DJ is just too cheesy. Which, like I said, is a, is a theme for us. It, a guy who wrote after him defended me, which, well, he sort of defended me, I guess. It was, it was a nice effort anyway. He said, all DJs are cheesy, it's just their way. Good job, guys. It'll be nice to be able to check into the show this weekend. Right on. So, uh, hey, cool. it, ma- it makes you think, hey, radio. Yeah, exactly. What you, Beer radio. I mean, I'm working on it. I'll try to be fine. less cheesy. You're doing what fine. Do you, you know, sometimes cheesy oh, yeah. is good, though, if, it's, if it makes you chuckle. Just share the beer. Isn't that an off flavor? It is. Cheesy, it's not cheesy. good in beer, but... It's good Oxidized, for oxidized hops. hops. I like. I kind of like cheesy. So that's that some was of the funny, f- Tim. <laughs> <laughs> We're in stereo. That's some of the feedback the that I talking. got this week uh, from you guys at home. And like I said, keep sending it. I'll read it. Um, all right, I'm going to give the phone number right now because we're going to have a little discussion here. Hang on. I'm going to do our first. Uh, uh, on-air burp, yes. which I think is necessary. We didn't get one last week because I think everyone was a little uptight and didn't yeah. know if it was okay to do that. This I've one. been holding back. It was, <laughs> it's it's your great. microphone. I was trying not to. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm never going to use that one. <laughs> That's my microphone. Uh, I think it's important to let out a burp every now and yeah. then. And uh, like mm-hmm. I said, we were all a little uptight. I actually got criticized in the forums uh, for not drinking enough last show. I, I was trying to stay sober so my lips didn't get all loosey-goosey. Yeah. Today I started drinking before the you show. Have to. Yeah, so, I, 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 I at least poured two beers down and before we even started. I was trying to say, to, uh, Dr. Scott, he's, do you want another one? I said, well, let me finish that one. He said, well, why don't you finish that one now and I'll get you another one. <laughs> I said, all right, fair enough. Not twisting my arm. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, okay, the phone number to call here is 925-691-5589. Correct? All right, correct. That's well it. Here's the discussion. You're correct. I want to talk about some things that are going on in the forums that uh, aren't related to the show. Uh, in our forum in particular, you guys have been talking all week about glass carboys versus buckets, uh, plastic buckets. We're talking about fermenting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until reading it this week that it was such a, a heated debate and that there's so many differing opinions. I had, I had, talked, I had talked to John about it a while ago, and yeah. and what he, and, I, and I'm new at it anyway. What he said made sense, and I said, all right, I didn't give it too much thought. And then I started reading in these, in these forums about people getting hurt on their glass carboys. Yeah. Lots of them break. Lots of hospital visits. There's a, there's actually a... I got a, a story, too. All right, good. Hospital. All right, we need to hear that. Okay. Uh, in the forum, they're posting them. There's a brewing injuries um, <laughs> yeah. uh, posted, like a whole subject. And... All the injuries, uh, there's a couple burns in there, but for the most part, they're glass carboy inj- injuries. And it's either, sometimes I guess it's even happening as you dump out the sanitizer. If you, yeah. do, if you, you know, you get an air pocket in there, yeah, and, and I guess it can just shatter they're that They're big, way. they're slippery, they're heavy. People uh, dropping them a lot. Um, I like them, but, uh, you know, buckets are cool too. You just gotta remember, you gotta change your bucket. You can't use the same bucket year after year. It's just nasty. And, and talk about why that is. Uh, the, you've got micropores in the plastic. Okay. And every time you clean it, you're going to scratch it again. And you're just not going to get it clean as it is the first time. 
The sanitizer doesn't it's, get into No, those. it doesn't. It, sanitizer only sanitizes when you don't have the crud on there. you got to debride the whole thing first. What about using powder brewery wash? It, it's still it's not as good. You can prolong it a lot better. Not, not even with a soft sponge? I mean, Well... Yeah, how many people, you know, they get that crudly stuff on there and they don't, they flip that sponge over yeah. onto the scoury side and they'll go for it. And that's fine for a while and you can get it off of there. But after a while, it just becomes too scratched yeah. and you're going to invite some kind of infections in there. If you're really anal about that when you don't want to have that, great. Just change your buckets. What are they, six bucks? Yeah, they are yeah, relatively cheap. They're, yeah. they're six bucks. Right. Um, don't get one with what the about, What about a food grade liner? Consider something like that. Really? I know at BOP What's I've worked that? at, we were doing that. If you have a larger pail, you're using a little more expensive, some yeah. uh, food-grade liners. Yeah, there's a big plastic liner that goes inside there, and that's fine, too. Or if you're going to be doing glass cardboard, they're a little harder to clean because of the neck. Interesting. But uh, there are ways of picking them up. The handles are worth a lot. Don't pick up they a full work, one with the handle. The yeah. neck handle is not for picking up full carboys. Ah. But there's slings you can get. Well, I was going to mention that. Too. There's a guy yeah. in the forum who's been a cool guy all the way yeah. through. His name is Travis, um, and he actually posted pictures. Mm-hmm. That of, he made them, yeah. It's a those. homemade carboy carry, and it's awesome. It's it's full nylon straps. It wraps right. all the way around and the bottom, and you, you you hold it from the top. Right. If you can't buy one, they do make them. Yeah. They're called carboy bags, and they're actually insulate, too. Okay. Um and just be careful. Yeah. yeah better safe than well, sorry. Well, I'll tell you, what people are saying uh, in the forums that I read is that the the issues involved with injury and breaking a glass carboy aren't worth the problems with plastic buckets. In other words, just change out your bucket, like you right. said, and yeah. they'd rather use the plastic bucket. Yeah. Another issue they're talking about, some people with, with plastic buckets, is oxygen and them not being a tight enough seal right. and oxygen getting in there. And other people have said it's 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 perfectly fine. So what do you guys think about that? Well, it's well, o- isn't plastic it's o- porous. No, yes, but it's over seven days or so when you've got it in there, and when you're fermenting, it's a positive pressure. Your okay. CO2 is wanting to push out, right. so the oxygen isn't going to seep in when your CO2 is trying to push out. It's not an issue. Right. Now, if you're going to try to try to have a secondary, thirty day secondary, yeah. in your second bucket, you're going to probably have an issue with oxidation coming okay. in. Now, that's a good point that a lot of people in the forum mentioned, too. They said, I primary in a bucket, but I'll secondary in a glass carboy. So but That's, that's yeah, great. And that would be good. The Australians in the chat room are saying uh, not too many uh, Aussies use glass carboys. Most use plastic and a few uh, converted beer kegs to ferment in, actually, That'll which work. is curious to me. How, how, how would kegs. you ferment like in, in a beer keg? I'm, I'm curious about well, that. Well, you, you Sabeco does set it up that way, too. Sabeco's a company that does kegs they'll refurbish kegs they'll make kegs in anything you want okay and they have this pretty cool fermentation vessel that they have it's got a pressure relief valve it's got a spot for your uh, airlock everything. okay nice and, and it's just it's a stainless thing okay if it can be made out of a keg i think Saveco's done it right okay. uh, visit their web kite the what website. is it what is that website uh www.sabeco.com. Are we talking S-A-B? Is that what you're saying? S-A-B-C-O. 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 It might be, it might be kegs.com. I'm not sure, but it, you can just put it in Google and Google it up. You get it. Uh, what do you think about this? I've, uh, this is in the chat room also, and I've heard some negative things about this. Uh, this person said plastic is good if you clean it with bleach. Now, what about using bleach to clean? Do you rinse well, ble- it or? Bleach doesn't clean. What does bleach do? Bleach is a sanitizer. Okay. And bleach doesn't clean. You have to get whatever it is clean. And Uh. when you're talking micro scratches, 
And you can't it's overuse tough. it either. You don't want to pitch too much, I don't think. And you, I stopped using bleach a long time ago because mm-hmm. I could start, I start to taste it a little bit. Uh, it's got a very low flavor threshold mm-hmm. for gotcha. bleach. Do you rinse it or do you just let it dry? Oh, I rinse it. Then you gotta deal with, well, what are you rinsing it with? Filtered water. Well, filtered or? water, hot water. Right. You gotta deal with that. Then I went to Iota 4. And mm. that, stains, that stains all your plastic. Yeah, mm. that stains everything. Right, like iodine. Right, right. Um, this is. I just got an interesting idea from the chat room, and this was also mentioned. Uh, not not the idea, but in the forum, it was mentioned that uh, a benefit of a glass carboy is that you get to see the fermentation and that you want to know what's happening. Well, this suggestion for that, uh, to B three uh, for a little marketing idea is to make clear plastic buckets. Order some clear plastic buckets that so that you, uh, cool. you you get your plastic and you get to watch the fermentation. Yeah. Uh, although I don't know what plastic is that thick that you can still see through, but it, it'd be it'd be interesting to look into. Yeah, it's fun to watch it turn. And, yeah, know, I used to babysit it and hold it yeah. when I first started. Nice. Yeah. I still I'd always watch mine. I, I lay next to it and I pet talk it. Talk to it. Yeah. I say, hey. Give it your hi. energy to it. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> How are you doing? And then my girlfriend says, what? Are you talking to me? I was like, no. no. Shut up. It's talking my to my beer. <laughs> what do you think I'm talking to? Um, yeah, so people want to see it. Although there was a post I remember in the forum. Um, you know, a guy said, I want to see my, my beer fermenting so I can see if there's any problems happening. And a reply to that was... Well, so what if there are? What the hell are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, hmm, good point. <laughs> you, can, you can worry just a little earlier. Yeah, I mean, he's right. Once uh, it's fermenting, you're either gonna you're, you're gonna call it quits or you're gonna drink it. Right at that point, it, right it. no, you don't throw it out. You don't. It's that's wrong. No, you give it to friends. Yeah, I had to throw out one. I mean, that's some friends, but other people. Yeah. I had to throw out one batch of wort. Uh, you guys want to hear my retarded story? I would love day. to hear this story, you, John. You know. The story. <laughs> What did you do? And I encourage others, by the way, not to just leave me yeah. hanging out to dry and call <laughs> in with your retarded story of the day. 925-691-5589. I'll get you an 800 number next week. We already ordered it. Uh, but it takes some time, I guess, whatever these people are doing. Here's what I did. Uh, and I wasn't drunk. I just was preoccupied. You're a partial when I was boil, brewing. man. You brew partial boils. So. I do partial boils. Okay. So let's start with that. And uh, my process is this. I fill my carboy half full with sanitizer uh, as I'm chilling my wort. Half empty or half full? I'm a half full guy most of the time. Talk to me uh, tomorrow and I might be. (laughs) You never know. Uh, Today I'm half full. Uh, So I go half full with sanitizer and I leave that. I, I swish it around. I turn it upside down and then I leave it sit as my wort is chilling in the sink. And then as soon as my wort's chilled, I dump out the sanitizer, I put my wort in, and I add enough water to get up to five gallons. Well, on this particular day that I was thinking about the brewing network and, and trying to work on things all at the same time, I, I moved over my carboy. I, I, I started <laughs> dumping my wort into it and realized that I forgot to dump out the half-full sanitizer. Yes. And I... I literally got, I mean, I, I, I have the big funnel, so I can't see past the funnel. That's all I can see. And all of a sudden, my, my carboy's overflowing. Foam. And I'm going, how could it be overflowing? I, I got three gallons of wort here. It's a seven-gallon uh, carboy, right? And that's when that's I realized, after almost all my wort was in it, that I had left uh, it half full with sanitizer. Like a, You just wasted oh, three hours. Man. I I just sat there looking at it for a good three minutes, stunned. I just I didn't say a word. I just stared at it, yeah. going, "Man, you are stupid." Yeah. <laughs> 
And I, I had to dump it, right? I couldn't do. What am I going to do with that? So I put it in my garden. Somebody's, somebody drank it. Just wasn't. Your hops are going wasn't well. a human. Yeah, my hops are looking good. <laughs> They're looking just fine. Because sanitizer will kill yeast too, right? I mean, I could have tried to ferment it still, but it, for one, it was going to taste bad, and it probably wasn't going to even ferment, right? Um, Tim, probably no. not. No, I mean, <laughs> not, not with that Fungicide. much. No, oh man, and it was going to be a, a little bit. Yeah, but <laughs> it was going to be a good. I had a little funeral for it. Was it was probably the best beer you ever. <laughs> yeah, that's what I told myself all night long. Uh, yeah. here, it's okay, Jay. So, anybody else want to give a retarded beer story? Or does that about take the cake? Um, <laughs> uh, here, I got a question from the chat room, uh, so we can get off of me for a second. Uh, is there an odor problem with a plastic fermenter? I'll, I'll preface that by saying I saw a post that somebody said they dry hopped in a plastic fermenter for about 30 days and Whoa. could never get the hop flavor out of that bucket no matter how many times they washed it. That's a so long dry hop. That's part of an answer right there. You guys yeah. have any experience with that? Odors in the pl- in the bucket? Well, how long do you dry hop for usually? Just a week, usually. You're a week guy? Uh, a week. Dry Tim? Hop. Do you dry hop? Well, that varies. I like to uh, dry hop a little warmer, um, actually, because I feel that uh, helps in the... Uh, Take up of all the um, you know the components of the hops that you want, but uh, yeah, generally you can get some vegetal flavors if you keep it in there too long, and uh, that sounds like a long time there, a month to keep it there. It's yeah. gonna soak it, it, up. it probably won't come out in your next beer, even though it smells too much, unless you're doing really a, a light beer. And do the, you think the hoppiness won't come through? Well, spend the six bucks and get another bucket. Get another bucket. Yeah. That's what I figure. If it uh, smells, just dump it. Use it, it as a sanitizer. I have had problems when I've used fruit, and I. I fermented with fruit in the secondary in a bucket and yeah. yeah you just can't get that smell out of there right right and i don't want my lager smelling like raspberries so <laughs> uh, gotcha just use a different one well i was sold on glass carboys before like i said and that's what i use now but some of the discussion in there um about not just the danger but the i hate cleaning my glass carboy it's a pain in the ass to get that trub off the top of it I know you're shaking your head there, because you got some. Doctor Scott's shaking his head at me because he's got a super tool. I know it already. That <laughs> <laughs> like cleans the thing with it. He doesn't have to, pump. He probably has a remote control for it. He and does. He just, just about. <laughs> yeah, just about. But before you get to that, uh, I'll just say that the ease of cleaning a plastic bucket for me because I don't have a super tool is is almost swaying me right now to move over to plastic. Well, okay, let's, let's go back to the smell in the bucket. Okay, uh, if the smell can stick around. Smells are, are so generally good. particulate in nature. Yeah. So what else could be hanging around in the plastic in your bucket? Something's growing. Gotcha. So There's the bacteria the sticking bacteria around with the smell. And the wild yeast and whatever it could be hanging out in there. Okay. And because it's porous, that's basically what we're saying, right? Yeah. Okay. It's not a glass surface. All right. Tell us about your super tool, Dr. Scott. Uh, <laughs> I got really tired of scrubbing. Yeah. Scrubbing with that bent little brush. Exactly. And, uh, or then I tried to uh, put PBW in there and let it sit overnight. Yeah. And overnight. I still, and overnight. I, I still do that. And, it, you know, it just kind of hangs there. So, right. Um, I had a, a little giant pump. It's like a submersible pump that will, you know, pump. Like a sump pump kind of thing, and I and I have a, had a plastic bucket that I wasn't using, <laughs> and I made it so it had uh, the pump would would shoot water or cleaning solution up into the carboy as the carboy sat on the top of the bucket, mm. and I put holes just in the right spot near the top 
of the tube that would go up inside there and about halfway down so it would hit right in the true ring. Gotcha. And I just let it run and it runs and it just recycles all the PBW and it goes through and goes through and pretty soon it heats it up too because it just keeps recycling it. Right. And I haven't scrubbed a carboy or a keg. Really? In a couple of years yeah. now. So both the pressure combined with the PBW is enough to get all you that caked on though. stuff out of there. Yeah. We had one crack. Before, because it got so hot, the a carboy crack. Right, because it got so hot in there and actually cracked. Gotcha. But yeah, it's usually it, that usually is, I haven't had one Watch happen, it. and I've been doing this a long time yeah. with this, and I haven't scrubbed a thing. Okay. And I've set it up so I can hook on some extra tubes, so it actually backwashes through the quick disconnects on the keg. Mm. Wow. So, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even take apart the kegs anymore. Ah, it's right. true clean in place. Yes. I like yes. to hear that. Yeah. Good method. <laughs> That's best work. Hey, right now, I've got. Five dirty kegs I'm looking at right yeah. now. You fill them, bring them here. Well, I'm gonna have two two more empty ones uh, to clean. So I'll, I'll yeah. probably clean them tomorrow. And it, it's great because you can cycle them. One's cleaning, and you're sanitizing the next one. Right, right. See that's see. There's the couple of things that I don't I don't mind sanitizing and being clean about my brewing. But the two things I didn't like about brewing that I don't I eliminated one of them. I didn't like bottling. I thought it was a pain. Um, I don't mind if I'm going to give it away, but just it's it's just it's sort of inefficient and takes the most time. And you, and you and hate that bottling day that's coming up. Yeah, it's the least hey, pleasant part of day. the of the brewing process. I mean, I'd rather be bottling than say working, but I'd rather be kegging than bottling, right? Yes. So I started kegging. So I eliminated that. But the other one is cleaning carboys. I, it's just a pain. I got one sitting out back that's been soaking for probably there's two orange weeks stuff growing on something. there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've like create. I added to the junk that was on it by uh, leaving it out there for two weeks. Yeah. You bottle that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be better than my uh, star sand. Than my beer? star sand beer. Right? <laughs> uh, let's see. Someone in the chat room. Oh, I like using buckets with the spigots to ferment because it acts like a ghetto conical, which is true. You uh, you could avoid siphoning if you wanted to by using the spigot on a plastic bucket. And the spigot is, if you don't have too much trub, yeah. it's a good inch off the bottom of the bucket, right? So you're leaving a lot of trub. You know, you might get some through there. I like the idea of not siphoning. But a it's bit. it's hard to find a plastic bucket with a spigot that you can actually take apart and clean. Okay. So there's definitely an issue of like keeping sanitation. The sanitation. Well, you, you can do that too. Another little tip is when you're fermenting in that bucket, mm-hmm. put something under the bucket on the side where the spigot is, so it leans backwards, and most of the the yeast and the yeast layer in the tube will will fall and settle on the back side of that. Gotcha. Then you got even even less coming out. Good idea. More beer. Right. More beer. That's a good idea. Uh, someone wants to know: uh, Doesn't bleach corrode stainless? Yes, it does. It does. You it, don't want to use it, right? You don't want to use it. Yeah. It, okay. pit, it pits it and creates you know, micro fractures, and it's not a good thing. Just mm-hmm. stay away from that. What are you using to clean your system, Tim? Well, um, no, 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 no. Lagunitas has totally gone away from the bleach for the the reason we just talked about the pitting. Okay. But uh, you know, it's a pretty high concentration of uh, sodium hydroxide, which is caustic, and we also um, have a an activator that we put in that to it takes the place of the chlorine, I guess, which makes it a more effective uh, caustic cleaner. But uh, we also will use um, some acid washing as well, which removes beer stone. Yeah. And caustic uh, phosphoric acid is a good combination. Good Tim has no body hair. 
Quite the opposite. He's got half a lung and no body. <laughs> wow. But, but his beers are pretty damn nice. <laughs> and that's really what counts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Is Costco, like, is it a sanitizer or is it a cleaner? Does no, it's a both? cleaner only. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I kind of I didn't talk about the sanitizer, but uh, that's uh, parasitic acid. Okay. That's what we use there. Okay. Yeah. You got to get the beer stone off of the surface first because it's basically it's crusty and... And you need and hybrid. What type of acid to get that off? Beer stone? Uh, phosphoric. Phosphoric. Yes. So you could just use Star Sand as a homebrew then. Uh, yeah. See, Iota Four does have a certain percentage of phosphoric acid in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got to take a little break. Okay. So uh, we're partly because I'm sweaty and uh, because hey, we need another beer. Another beer. And uh, and you do too. And, uh, so and I do. Get too. up. Go get a I beer. You guys are gonna see what I'm talking about. At the end of the show, I'll be my lips will be hanging off the microphone. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna start our spotlight today about yeast and fermentation. We're also gonna give away a beer, beer, and more beer gift certificate. So uh, and later on, I got more giveaways from Lagunitas too. So Woo-hoo. hey, hang on, I gotta. Someone put it. Let me just say this real quick uh, in the in the forum. Ah, I, I have an answer to bottling one liter snap top Grolsch style bottles, mm. uh, which That's I did start using. It, it, it saved the actual capping problem, right? Mm-hmm. But not the sanitizing bottles and going from bottle to bottle and, and all that. That problem was still there. But I do use but those big, now. Bigger, Portable, bo- bigger bottles are always a plus. I, Absolutely. When I first started, I hated it too, and then. A godsend was 22-ounce bottles. Uh, absolutely. Bombers. I agree. Bombers. <laughs> I'll bring you home. I, I, did, I, I bottled a whole batch in 12-ounce once. Once. That's it. After that, Me I too. went right back to 22-ounce bottles because yeah. it just it's half the work, right? Hey, you know, friends, and you drink want to drink 22? Yeah. Yeah. Screw them. Then they're sissies anyway. <laughs> they should be drinking homebrew. <laughs> 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 All right. Like I said, when we come back, we are going to uh, give away a B3 gift certificate and start talking about yeast and fermentation. You're listening to The Brewing Network. We've got Tim from Lagunitas, Dr. Scott, John, and myself. The Brewing Network, saving your life. One beer at a time. There you go. There's F AC. you if you don't like ACDC. That That's rocks. what I have to say. <laughs> Angus rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. If that doesn't get you pumped up about coming back to the I show, I don't, great. Know, I don't know what does. I like a little That's ACDC. Awesome. Hey, hey. There used to be an ACDC tribute band that played around here. Well and done. I will totally agree that it was the cheesiest show you can go to. But for some reason, I loved it every time. <laughs> and I'm not a big ACDC fan. I'm just, it was just. It was rock. It was cool, man. <laughs> How and then, what was the name of the band? Uh, ACDC2? They were like, no, they, they went by like a song name. They were like Thunderstruck or something yeah. like that. You know, they had to pick a song. But come on. It's, they're just cool. Whether you like them or not, they're cooler than you are. <laughs> That's what you have to accept. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me give you one last question from the chat room before we move on to our, our yeast. Um, I'm going to give something away. Yeah, did you guys come up with a trivia question? Yeah. Okay. But you didn't like it. I didn't hear it. I, sorry, I, I, I went over to something else. Did you Did you give it to me and I told you no? I didn't write it down. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you guys this question from the chat room first. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm very single-minded. <laughs> I can look at you and you, you, were, can, looking you were looking at me right and at I us. can nod my head and I'm totally somewhere and else. And you said, okay. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I, it won't be the last time that that happens. Uh, it's nothing personal. It's just I'm, I'm a freak. Uh, somebody in the chat room wants to know, what can I do to get stains out of my freshly cut keg? Anybody know about that? I got a couple stains in my kegs, too. A little rusty stuff at the bottom. No, I see. St- uh, did they cut it with a flame or the heat from the heat? 
Uh, I guess we'd have to ask that. Uh, chat room, you're going to have to respond to that, whether you're talking about heat flames or you're talking, you know, content it, it, flames. It's, it's, and you, you have to passivate it. And there's, there's Nitric phosphorus would do that. Or citric acid will do it. Uh, B3 uses a passivating machine. They have a, a phosphoric acid and a little electric machine, and that's what takes all the, the passivation. That's the burns you're talking about. Yeah, it kind of gets that blue color to, yeah. to your nice pretty stainless steel okay all right so if you want to uh, uh, get back to us on that in the chat room oh rust i was talking rust okay. okay first thing is you, you you probably cut it with something that you've cut uh, a ferrous metal or like an iron metal with a dirty blade gotcha and what you're doing is you're actually incorporating iron or ferric metal into your stainless steel and that's what's rusting because it won't really stainless steel won't really rust like that okay uh you're gonna have to either poly you get some uh, something clean uh, a clean uh abrasive wheel with a with a cutter a dremel a dremel will work um, a lot of a lot of elbow grease with some emery cloth might do it yeah but you got to use something that hasn't had uh, a ferric metal on it already, a cutting wheel without a brand new cutting wheel. New. Okay. Uh, if you're going to use a wire brush, you can do the wire brush. Use a brass brush or a stainless steel brush would be the best thing. But don't use a, a regular steel wire brush on on something. So use a the what's the other brush you said just before uh, that? Brass will work, brass. but but uh, your best bet is to get a stainless, a stainless, stainless steel, steel brush. brush on like an angle grinder. Gotcha. And take it off that way. It's because it's not the stainless that's rusting. Yeah, I might need to do that to mine too. Actually, I got a little rust in the bottom. Gee, how'd that happen? I filled it up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was sick. What was I gonna do? I cleaned it out. I had beer to go in there, so I said, like, and, ah, and there's no sanitizer. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> a little rust never hurts. It's like that. It's like that, it's like that ten penny ale that I tried back east. It tasted like right, that pennies. ten pennies in it. I'll let you guys know before I before I have you try it. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead. Give us the trivia question, and 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 here's what we're gonna do. Um, we want the chat room is, is is very active, and they're being very cool in the show today. So this is for the chat room. The phone okay. hasn't been ringing, so we'll go right to the chat room. So we'll, we'll take the answer off the chat room. So we're going the first one to answer correctly. <laughs> spelling doesn't really count, right? So. No, we won't grammar check it. I want the scientific name for ale yeast, both the genus and the species. Okay. That's your for question, Chatters. The scientific name for ale yeast, genus and species, correct? Right. All right, there you go, Chatters. If we get a phone call, I bet you that Crotchrot's going to call. He wants that other uh, tick, uh, that other triple, uh, fr- triple uh, freak on a pipe up with that. Come on, triple. I want actually. <laughs> I would like to say uh, Crotchrot, uh, which is just cool to say, by the way, on the air. <laughs> That's his name, though. I'm not just talking That's about Crotchrot. He's one of our listeners who's just been awesome to us since yeah, the very oh yeah. beginning. Thank you very much. And especially with the bandwidth thing. I thought yeah. that was very cool. He, he, when we had bandwidth issues last week, he knew about our budget and, and trying to, uh, you know, accommodate more listeners with, with low budget. He offered to host listeners on his stream, which he's actually doing right now because somebody in the chat room couldn't listen and Crotchrot said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And he's, he's going to broadcast for us. And then he posted in the forum, 
the entire process about how other people can donate their bandwidth also. So it would have ended up this huge network of homebrewers sort of donating bandwidth to each other so everyone could listen. And, man, that's the, that's cool stuff. And that's what I love about the homebrew community. Yeah, and the resp- help each other. Yeah, the response we've gotten since we started this from, from people like that is just the coolest thing. So just a good thanks to uh, good old Crotch Rot. He's a good guy. Never thought I'd be thankful for Crotch Rot, but I am. So there you go. <laughs> Um, how's the chat room doing on answers over there, Daniela? We're getting some answers. Okay, she's she's writing down the answers for us uh, right now. I guess we can start our discussion about yeast while we're sure. waiting for that. Let's we'll just it. we'll interrupt it when we get somebody. I might make the I winner Tim's brain. Might make the winner call unless they're out of the country, just so we can talk to him and say hi. Okay, here we come. Oh wait, wait. She's giving us an answer right now. Have you have you written it down? Okay, this is the first one. Okay. Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Cerevisiae. Is this correct, Dr. Scott? Yes, it is. Oh, nice work. What is the name of that chatter? Is is it pronounceable or is it... uh, Well, we got one So I think he's the one. So no, I, wa- I wanted the genus and so the species. And the genus is Saccharomyces, right. and the species is... So who's the one who gave both? Oh, I saw him in the forums, I think. Uh, is it Popester or Pop Popstar? Popester? Popester? I don't know how you pronounce it's it. It's the Pope? If you want to call... I think the Pope just won 20 bucks. <laughs> Excellent, to, uh, dude. Uh, they can okay. turn our beer into wine. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is the answer that was asked for. So uh, he, he did want both. Dr. Scott said that. And so that's your winner right there, Popester. Uh, you just won a $20 gift certificate to Beer, Beer, and More Beer. Woo-hoo. Excellent, uh, excellent. Daniela, you're, uh, you're going to have to get the information. Popster, if you can, we wouldn't mind you calling in. Uh, I mean, you're going to get the certificate either way, but we wouldn't mind talking to you and, and congratulating you and finding out you know, what you're going to spend that on. Talk beer with them for a bit. I want to know. I want to know. buy a T-shirt. I want to know what you're drinking, and I want to know what you're going to spend that 20 bucks on. I could use 20 bucks to go to B3 myself. Good. Wish I could have answered that question. Buy some more star sand. I should have gone in the <laughs> chat room. Yes. <laughs> I need it, actually. It's funny you should say that. <laughs> no, no, you need a stainless steel bread. I should have uh, logged into the chat room under a different name and, uh, and answered the question, if I could have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. Why don't we move on? I, did, I didn't give him the answer. <laughs> you did not. Okay. Today's topic is going to be yeast and fermentation, and uh, John has done a lot of research for you guys to really try to um, get some good information that isn't just the basic stuff. We're going to talk about uh, from a homebrewer level, not a homebrewer level, yeah, homie, and um, homie. And Tim, although he may not know it, we've just we've just decided that he's our yeast expert for the day. All right, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, w- what he's going to do is talk to us about uh, how he uses yeast and 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 the best ways that you know that works for him. So kind of try to get as much information as we can. Why don't we start with, uh, you know, the basics. What is yeast? What is it? John? What is yeast? Well, there's two kinds of yeast. There's ales and lagers. Ales are top fermenting. Lagers are bottom fermenting. So there are there is only two strains well, of yeast. It, it gets a little there's gray. More than that. It gets a little gray, and, and okay. then you throw your, your wheat yeast in there. But okay. basically, single it's a good cell. place to start. Okay. Your two basics are ales It's a and single lagers. cell? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's, been, there's other single cell organisms that you can use to make. So like yeast is Belgians in particular. But, but yeah. yeah. Yeast is a single cell <laughs> so organism. Let's just talk about brewer's yeast right. right now. And the, the one cool thing that it, I never knew that Chris White told me was uh, 
Brewer's yeast does not exist in the world outside of the brewing community. Really? You can't go out and scrape it somewhere and start brewing beer with it. It just doesn't exist out there. Really? It's it's We made it. It's, it's in the zoo. Okay. It's, it's a captive animal. I got gotcha. you. Wow. <laughs> so of all these single-celled organisms, like my roommates, yeast <laughs> is one that we have to uh, make ourselves, basically, yeah, yeah, to brew yeah. it. Okay. Well, you don't make it, but it, you have to keep it, farm it. You're a yeast yeah. farmer, and that's what you do. Yeah. Gotcha. You make Just them happy, her. and they make Just you happy her. in return. Gotcha. Unless you piss them off, and then they make your beer bad. Well, no. It's a very symbiotic relationship. Okay. Synergistic. If, if your beer turns out good. Wait. Synergy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So those are your two strains. we got top fermenting ales and bottom fermenting lager yeast. Right. Right. Okay. Um, Should we talk about, like, Types or vials versus repitching and yeast starters. Yeah, why not? Let's uh, so uh, a few of the different ways to to use yeast. We'll just say the obvious ones. Um, you, you have your your uh, white labs yeast vials or Y yeast or that you can pitch yeah. directly you into split, your split it into dry. Okay, there you go. Your packets dry yeast that are dry. or or liquid yeast. Okay. Uh, other ways to use yeast though are to do a yeast starter with either one of those. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing. Or to use a, a yeast slurry. Which is yeast from your last batch. Right. Right? Okay. So there's several different ways to use yeast, right? Well, let, let's go on to the, the slurry and re-pitching and reusing yeast. What and, an, and we're going to let Tim field this one because right. that's that's what commercial brewers do because it does cut down a lot on the bottom line. Right. Yes, yes. What, I, what I'd like to do, I, 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 what I want to do is talk about ex- exactly maybe – What's a beneficial way to use each type of pitching? So we definitely want to hear from Tim about using yeast slurries. But John had said something to me yesterday that maybe with a Hefeweizen, you don't want to do a yeast starter. You'd rather use a vial and just pour it right in. You'd so want to stress it to produce more fruity esters. So you do a lower pitch versus a bigger pitch. I don't know if these are controversial, it's but I'd like to talk about I've the different ways in, uh, for all of them and why you might use each well, one. Well, these are very advanced techniques. Okay. Uh Let's cover if, both. Let's go beginner well, if, and advanced. If you've advanced. gotten down to where you're brewing your killer Hefeweizen and you're fine with it, great. Then but stick if you want to start messing around with things and parameters, yeah, John's got a very good point. Okay. You want to stress the yeast, either with temperature. Uh, you can do it with osmotic pressure with how much uh, the situation is with the, the sugar in the wort. Uh, you can push them with... Uh, the pitching rate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things you can do that can change that. You're back to you're a yeast farmer, right? <laughs> and that's what you're going to be doing. And it's a very good point. Now, all the, the different styles. There's a myriad of different styles in beer and brewing. And like you're saying there, the high grab yeast coming from a high gravity beer is going to be a lot more stressed than mm-hmm. one from a lower gravity. And even your darker beers, say a stout, the yeast will actually pick up color and right. can pick up bitterness as well. Can, so these yeast, are things to consider. Does okay. yeast add color? It, well. It does pick up color, depending okay. on how small a batch you're talking. Okay. I suppose it could, but, um, you know. That's not not, not the primary <laughs> <Yeah>. issue. <laughs> what, what do you do for a big pitch for a big beer? Like, how big of a pitch do you do for high-gravity beer? Like, what's the gravity or Play-Doh that you... Um, well, you know, you pitch a certain million of cell, a certain, you know, you have so many million. Um, when you go above, say, like a... I'm uh, used to working on the Play-Doh scale as opposed to the specific gravity. Um, but you divide that specific gravity, take the numbers after decimal, and divide it by four, and you're going to get your Play-Doh. But um, say a 20 Play-Doh beer, you want to up from 15 million pitch. You want to pitch closer 80. to 20. <laughs> 1080. 
<laughs> closer to uh, a, a 20 million cells. Okay. Wow. Um, and that's how we do it. We count on a hemocytometer, which is actually where like hospitals will count blood cells. But uh, you kind of take a sample of your yeast and you get an idea of what you're looking at. And you, uh, you want to take into account your viability or even better, your vitality. Okay. Um, and that's a big thing that you're concerned with when you talk about repitching with a slurry. You is you want to get the proper cut when you, if you have a cone fermenter and you're pulling off the bottom of your cone fermenter, that first yeast is most likely dead or autolyzed, and it's just not no good. And um, a big thing as a home brewer, I think, is you want to you want to taste your yeast, to be honest. Right. And uh, it should be fruity and it should be like effervescent, and you could because it's giving off CO2, and so you want to get the proper cut before you pitch. And, uh, do you test your yeast vital. before you repitch each time? Do you actually go take it to a lab? Well, no. Well, we have a lab in okay. Lagunitas, a microbiologist, who will look at the yeast and uh, the morphology and things and how the cells look and if they're budding and things of that nature. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we look under a microscope. And, uh, I mean, a home brewer could do that. It would be a very sophisticated uh, garage brewery, I guess. But, uh, like you said, it all goes back to uh, taste. I do that at the brewery even. Sometimes things have to be done in a hurry, right. and uh, you don't have a lot of time to choose which uh, tank you're going to pull yeast from. Right. And uh, you just go with the fresh. I mean, a lot of times the freshest, you know, is the best. How many uh, generations do you pitch? Or um, we'll pitch upwards. Or I have pitched upwards of 15 generations. Wow. By generation 15, you definitely want to reprop. Um, generation 10 is probably a better. Yeah, I've heard um, 10. Yeah, that's that's actually a better rule of thumb. Is that an but, ale? Uh, depending on performance, you know. Is that an ale yeast? Yeah, this okay. is an ale yeast I'm talking about. I'm most mostly familiar with ale yeast, uh, lager yeast. I mean, the same amount of generations, 10 to 15, but uh, they, I mean, they're a little bit different. You know, they can, uh, they're, they're a little bit hardier yeast, I guess. So, okay. I got a couple questions. Uh, you were talking about the amount of yeast and uh, the cut of yeast is what you would say, correct? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, one of the questions is how can you determine, and, and this is on a homebrewer level, it sounds like, how can you determine your starting gravity of a yeast starter before you make it? So that they know how much yeast they're pitching. Well, right? the main oh, thing is tools. you, you want to have, you want to try to keep your starter very close to what your beer is going to be. Okay. Uh, your yeast have a tendency to make the correct enzymes to ferment the certain kinds or the, the amount of sugars that are in the wort. Okay. If you make a very weak starter, you put them into a high gravity wort of your beer. You're going to stress them. They're not going to ferment or just perform as well. So how are you estimating then exactly what you're going to well, get out of your starter? Figure out what you're going to do Yeah. Uh, for a beer. Okay. Figure out what your, your final gravity or your original gravity is going to be. And then tweak your starter as, as it. If you put about a cup of uh, DME. DME in about a thousand milliliters. That's about a quarter pound roughly. Yeah. And... Uh, it, you're going to get about a 1050, I think, something like that. And that's a good round number. Okay. Th- this question is similar, and, and it, it, it maybe gets it, gets, it, gets it a little more specific. Uh, this person wants to know, is there a formula to use to hit the original gravity of the yeast starter that yeah. you're shooting for? Yes, there is. Can, do you know that offhand, or could we maybe post that later? Or? Well, a pound of malt or DME produces, they have different levels of sugar content, so you would have to use usually, that. Usually you can figure out a, a pound of DME in uh-huh. a gallon of water is going to be about 1038. That's the gravity. Right. Okay. And so you you just play with the numbers to get it up to where you are. Less less water, of course, because you're not going to do a gallon starter, and uh, you're not going to put a pound in there either. Right. Okay. I don't want to get into that right now. 
Uh, do you guys know any books to get started uh, in yeast farming? Is what this person wants Called to know. Called yeast culturing. Yeah, okay. There's, there's yeast culturing. Um, fungus among us. Yeah, that's a good book too. Uh, it's it, it's you're doing the same thing. You're being very sterile, and mm-hmm. it's a good it's it's an, an a good adjunct to doing your home brewing because you get sick of making the same pale ale or the same stout all the time. And if you want to start experimenting to the next level, you can start doing with your yeast propagation. Start your own yeast zoo. Right. That's pretty advanced, so. But it is, it is advanced, but it. you can yeah. dabble in it. And you can propagate from a bottle. You can propagate you from a bottle. Uh, there's a lot of... Rogue Pac-Man yeast is a popular mm-hmm. one, I know. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Pac-Man so you would just That's take it... You'd, you'd really drink cool. a bottle of Rogue? <laughs> well, and not out of the bottle. <laughs> you want the freshest bottle you can find. <laughs> and then you're just taking a sample out of the bottom of it, basically? Just, just the sediment up. on the bottom. Yeah, there's a sediment. Basically, the, the easy way is just... Freshest bottle you can, like Tim said. Yeah. Pour it into a glass and leave a little bit in the bottom. Slurry it up. Sanitize the top of the bottle. Okay. You know about that with sanitizer. Yes, I can. And, I got plenty of it. And then put that into a small amount of wort. I would say probably about a 50 milliliter wort. Okay. And let that propagate up and then move that up about tenfold. Uh, 400 milliliters, 500 milliliters, and, and build it up. Don't throw it into a half a gallon because there's not enough there to deal with it. You want it to grow. You want first. to build it up slowly in steps. Put an airlock on that bottle it, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's not <laughs> right. there's not enough good, good idea. There's not enough yeast in there to really to really It's uh, difficult. Start something big. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something else cool to do. So right. you did it. Can you overpitch? You can, can you pitch too much yeast? Oh yeah, you can overpitching can have a very negative effect, especially in uh, a large brewery like Lagunitas. Um, when you overpitch, you can get lazy yeast. Is what happens. One one aside is probably not in home brewing, but <laughs> yeah. in, in Tim's case, when you <laughs> you're throwing a lot of yeast into a lot of beer, yeah. So yeah. what do you mean when you what say you, you end lazy? up with lazy yeast? Yeah. What what happens in that? Well, process? there's so much yeast in there, and there's only a you know certain amount of sugar, mm-hmm. and uh, the competition. I well, some of the yeast just tends to flock out. Okay, they just they can't compete. And you want all your yeast in And when they flock it. out, they become a heavy flocker. And if you repitch that batch that was overpitched, yeah. then you're going to be sending more, heavy flocking yeast into a beer. Guys. Yeah, and they're okay. not going to stay in solution and eat all your sugars. You're going to start getting more residual it, sugars, most likely. Your yeast know what you threw them into. Okay. They also know how many buddies they got with them. <laughs> okay. So you throw a few guys into a high-gravity wart. They know they got to make a whole lot of new buddies to, to ferment all this big high gravity wart right if you throw a whole bunch of them into a weak wart they know that hey you know i'm getting out of here (laughs) and like tim said they flocculate out okay if if you pull from that flocculation thing that the high flocculating ones they tend to to create little buddies that's a bad (laughs) it's a bad (laughs) cut right okay let me ask a different question and then i want to get back to tim and talking about yeast slurries uh because i think that in the homebrew community at least what i've noticed um a lot of brewers aren't using yeast, uh, yeast slurries, but there is a benefit to doing it. So I want to talk specifically about the benefits of doing that. But first, I got a question from the chat room that says, um, is there really a big difference in dry yeast ver- uh, versus liquid as far as the outcome of your beer? They want to know. What do you think, John? Well, I th- one, you have a, a liquid yeast is a live living organism, you know, and a dry yeast. I, I don't know much about dry yeast, but I believe it's engineered. Is no, it it, they they pick certain the ones. The you get a more of a variety out of the liquid yeast. Uh, the dry yeast have to be very hardy to stand up to the drying process. Also, you got to probably have a, a cleaner culture and a better with a lot with a liquid. 
with the yeah, liquid. Right. Definitely with the liquid. So you could have a cleaner, truer culture with a liquid yeast. Okay. It's going to be more vital. Okay. For and sure. Also, you don't know how long that lag pack, phase. The packet. You don't know how long that packet's been around. Right. And Tim was talking about before it was vitality. You can have a, a billion cells in there, but only half of them are you know even worth having around because other ones are dead or they're lower slates and lazy. Then, gotcha. then you're not going to get out of it what you want. You're, just, you're better off with a with a liquid yeast. Okay. Well, if you over pitch like a certain amount of yeast, and let's say you do that, do you get autolysis? If you over, just mm-hmm. a random question because I know you get autolysis balling and stuff. But if you over pitch too much yeast, well, in the sense, I would say in the sense that you might get some familiar. meaty off flavors and things like that. Okay. that you, because yeah, like like I was saying before. Some of those yeasts are just gonna fall out of solution immediately. They're gonna say, "Hey, you know, this I gotta work too hard. I mean, I'm giving up, I'm giving up. exactly." And they're gonna drop down there. And depending on how long you you just before you decide to pull yeast off the bottom, you know, I'm, I'm sure most people are pulling a sample and checking their gravity. Mm. But uh, and there's gonna be yeast at the bottom well before they're seeing signs of their beer being finished. And those yeasts are down there huddling together, getting warm, just killing each other. I mean. Cannibalizing, who well, knows? And that's a t- is that that's a t- awesome, t- by the way. Yeast yeah. war. Yes, that is okay. Yeah. They, do well, they explode or do they eat themselves? No, but they 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 have a glycogen reserve. And once they're done with their that, internal they food, go dormant, when, when, right. once they're done with their internal food, uh, then the lysosomes will take effect and, and kill the cell wall, and then all the guts on that yeast come out, and that's what you don't want in your beer. Okay, and that's a tolerance. That sounds disgusting. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's cool. They're survivors. <laughs> yeah. Well, then some people like wheat beers. So. All right. <laughs> let's talk about uh, yeast slurries uh, for a second. Is it safe to say that all of your beers that you're making at, at Lagunitas are coming out of slurries? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, all of them. And is that, th- is that pretty much across the board for the commercial brewery or, or the craft brewery? Yeah. Everyone that I've worked in. Yeah. Yes. What's yes. a new okay. yeast pitch cost? A new, uh, <laughs> two, three hundred bucks. It's, it's, a, it's quite a bit of money, yeah. I mean, um, most breweries that have a microbiologist in a lab will reprop from a single yeah. cell. Yeah. But say, I want, say I, I want a, a big enough pitch to throw into my new, oh, big batch. Uh, oh, and a 50 seven barrel, barrel batch? 15, I mean, <laughs> seven, 15 barrel batch. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Gotcha. Yeah, you need, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 15 gallons per 30. Barrels. Okay. So, I mean, nine hundred gallons. And, and you call up Chris White, well, he'd be glad to send <laughs> Yeah. Is now, that how many batches are, are, are you brewing before you realize, okay, this is the yeast I want to use every time? Well, see... Well, see, that's interesting because Lagunitas, we just now got to that point. It's what you do, what's called you're brinking your yeast. And that's when you start talking about harvesting yeast. And uh, you take your yeast off the bottom of, usually it's a pretty large tank, so you get a good crop. Okay. But you, you know, you get a good cut and you, you, you crop into another vessel, which you bring the temperature down to like, oh, 38 to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. And you hold the yeast there for up to a week even. And I mean, this is all based on what your viability does, but you can hold yeast in a cold environment like that. For at least a week, most before breweries, that's you common. repitch it, before yeah. Something. Well, then throughout the week, as we brew these beers, we're just repitching from the same. It's like a mas- master brink. Okay, know? is yeah. there a length of time, like an ale versus a lager, that you can preser- preserve it cold? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, once again, your your uh, viability will steadily go down. Is what happens. Okay. I suppose <laughs> that you could introduce some uh, fresh wort to that, and it might you might be able to lengthen that time period, but. Uh, okay. You can probably keep it for two weeks, and I mean, you want to keep your viability hopefully in the ninety percent range, but even eighty percent is not too bad, even a little less. So, um, 
Yeah, I'd say one to two weeks. You know, some people do some other things like acid washing, but actually, I don't have any experience with that. But uh, some breweries do do that. So after that, could you get off flavors from the yeast? Um, well, possibly? yeah. I mean, the less viable the yeast is, the more off flavors, the longer the lag phase, things like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the listeners in the chat room have a, uh, some questions off topic of of yeast slurry. So why don't we move on to some of these? Uh, some are basic. Some are a little more. Um, Complicated. How about this one? Uh, Dr. Scott, this might be for you. Uh, to see yeast under a microscope, what power scope do I need to, to get? Is 900 enough? Anybody know that? Tim, you might know. Stump the brewer. Well, I've That's seen, what we're I've playing. Seen, I've seen them under 1,500. You've seen them under 1,500? Okay. Um, you think 900 is a little weak? Well, it depends on what you're looking at them for. But, yeah, probably they're going to be a lot of little dots. Okay. Uh, rather than little spheres. Okay. Uh, depending on what you're looking for. So maybe 1500 is about a minimum, yeah. to about a safe minimum. Mm-hmm. You want to go maybe a you're little You're going to have to use a dilution minimum. factor. Yeah. I mean, that comes into play, too. What is that? Like a serial dilution, like Could a 1 to 100, 1 to 20, something the, like that. Take, take, uh, your, take a, a milliliter of it, put in 100 milliliters, and shake it up, and then put it on there. If you're okay. doing, a, if you're doing a, uh, a yeast count... Then that's what you're going to have to do. Otherwise, you're going to have way too many to count in that whole inch. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Uh, pretty simple. I think we sort of answered it before, but let's do it again. What's the best amount of water and DME when making a yeast starter? And is it the same ratio for ales and lagers? I've pitched up a gallon for a uh, five-gallon batch. So you're throwing in a full-gallon slurry? No, a full-gallon starter. Gallon starter. Roughly, probably like a two to five hundred mil slurry. Okay. Uh, basically, okay. I, I have a, I use two thousand milliliter Erlen Myers. Okay. And I'll fill them up to about fifteen hundred milliliters of water, uh, and a, about a cup or a cup and a quarter of DME, and a little yeast nutrient on top of that. I'll boil it. Be careful; they'd like to boil over. Yeah. Uh, and then I've had can, it happen twice. And if you're gonna, that's I great. My girlfriend. That's good for uh, an ale. If you want to do, I would step it up once. More time, one more time, put it in a half a gallon thing. Yeah. Uh, for lager. You want more for a lager. Lagers are kind of, kind of iffy. Okay. Yeah. John, you had talked to me about that a little bit yesterday when we were discussing this. Why don't you, uh, before I get into some of these other questions, you were saying how, you know, with, with a lager, you really want that yeast to get in there fast, rip through the beer and do its job. No. Yes and no. Okay, go ahead. In my experience, um, I pitch big for all my beers, but okay. for loggers, I mean, you could pitch cold or warm. I like to pitch my loggers warm. Okay. I like to get them active in the first 24 hours. Okay. And then I drop them down to logger temps, like 50 to 52. On the second day. Right. But always go big with loggers. Okay. I mean, you're going to need strong yeast cells later on, like after the third or fourth week of loggering. Okay. Lots of so oxygen. Lots yeah. of O2. Yeah, yeah, first 24 hours, a lot of O2. Okay. But a wheat beer, it's okay if there's a little lag time, right? Hef yeasts are incredibly active. I mean, yeah. you don't need to help them out. Really. You don't need to help them out. But loggers gotcha. being so cold, everything's a little bit slower. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going to need more of everything okay. on that one. Uh, I think we answered this. Uh, let's maybe, if we can get us, I think we said a week. Uh, what's the uh, an acceptable lag period, I think, for the slurry is what the question's referring to. Did we say so, a week? Oh, you mean after the pitch? Uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's from the time you take it from the last ferment and, and, and you're holding it for your next pitch. Well, how long can you hold oh. the slurry? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can hold it for a while. I think that's how I understand it. A couple of like weeks if you keep one it One to cold. two weeks ales, right? Yeah, yeah, one yeah. to two weeks for an ale. If they're, if they're talking about an actual lag phase, I mean, the shorter... 
the better. My opinion. Yeah, the question is just how long of a lag period is considered acceptable. I'm, I, I was assuming it came during the discussion of holding on to, well, well, to let's, your slurry. Let's go with lag is usually after you pitch okay. until it starts to do I'll answer that then if that was the question. Uh, very I get upset if I'm if I'm looking at 24 hours. I'm, yeah. it, with a with a with a with a lager, I'm not so much upset. But with a with a ale, you really want it to be fermenting fast within 24 hours. And you can help that with a big pitch and oxygenation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like How about I, this? Um, I pitch a 500 mil slurry of yeast in a 10 gallon batch, and it's going in three hours. In three hours. Yeah. That's quick. I've never had one go that quick. Well, because you use all that sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must be right. Dr. Scott's not going to let me. It's just that. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, can a home brewer control a yeast and over time mutate it and change its properties but keep it under control? Why would you want to do that? Yes, you I can. Don't. Yes, you, you could, can. though. But Simple enough. You oh, could yeah. do it. Yes, 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 yes. Huh? Definitely could yes. one of you answer why you would want to do that? Oh, let's say you like the property of a, of a certain yeast. Uh, but yeast is basically broken up into how good it attenuates, uh, what temperature it likes, uh-huh. and how flocculent it is. And you got when you're pulling yeast off of the tube, or you're gonna you're gonna try to try to crop the yeast. You got to be careful where you pull it from. You really don't want a highly flocculent yeast if you're going to try to brew a beer that is really attenuated. Okay. You want a dry beer, a, a highly flocculent yeast is going to drop out way too soon. It's not going to finish doing its job. They said, we're done, we're out. Gotcha. And, and you got your yeast, your, your uh, wort is still way too high. Okay. So if you, you're trying to take them from the wrong part of the conical, pulling the yeast out of there, that's what you can do. But you can change that by where you pull the yeast from. Okay. Uh, at the end, at the beginning, the highly flocculent ones are at the bottom, okay. where the, the other ones are more towards the top. So yeah, you can change it around, and it's one more thing, the cool thing to just do to when do, you're home right. brewing. Yeah, when you get it that advanced, I guess you want to start tweaking things, just have a little fun. Well, with just it. just like like I was asking Tim before, is how many times do they repitch, mm-hmm. and do they worry about mutations, and do they have a biologist? You know, on, on, board. on and site. They do. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, he's commercial. They have to have it pretty much try to taste the same every time. Consistency is key, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Consistency is key when you're trying to sell something. Right. And it's more of a issue trying to check the mutants and not have them change things. Where uh, with us homebrewers, it's we're experimenting, trying to get new cool things to happen. Then it's okay to not be so consistent, obviously. Yeah. I have a really important question. Is there anybody in the studio who wants to pour me another beer? I will right uh, now. Because my glass is well, empty. What do you want? And I think of, uh, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm not picky. Whatever's there, I'll take. And I just like to get the important questions out of the way. Uh, okay. A lot of yeast discussion going on. Yeah, it's intense. You and could I, have a four-hour talk. Absolutely. Talk and you, you warned me about that, John. I you did. were like, I was trying to narrow it down a couple things, and you said, you know what, retard? Uh, we, we could, could really talk week. about this for a while. We should have a yeast show weekly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, we're just, you're right. We should have a Monday just, yeast show. Yeah. Where are the yeast? Yeah. Where are the yeast? Yeah. <laughs> All right. There are friends. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling that we've been going for a while. I need to take another break. Because uh, it's like even 90 I'm getting, here. Yeah, because uh, I don't even want to tell you where I'm sweating the most. Uh, <laughs> it's just not nice. From where I can see, <laughs> you're sweating <laughs> places. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, I want to give something else away, though. Uh, Let's give it away. I want to give it away to a caller this time. I think you guys are getting a little lazy out there. and You want to call in and get your voice on the air. Cause that's oh, more, yeah, we'd love to hear from it's you. It's fun for us. Even if you just want to. 
you know, call and you put know. us down. Yeah, whatever you got, whatever you got. So because uh, we can hang out. Careful. Thank Careful. you. Just got my my beer re- refill, so I'm feeling better. Maybe we don't have to take a break. <laughs> no, we'll take a break. Um, I'm just going to give it to the first caller when we come back. So I'm going to play some tunes. Don't call then. You're not going to get away with calling in and talking off the air. So. Oh, they're so calling like already. Uh, <laughs> sweet. Uh, I'll tell you right now what you're going to get. Uh, we just the phone just rang, so we're going to give you a Lagunitas T-shirt. Lagunitas was uh, nice enough to bring some stuff in to give away and, to you guys. I want to say the one we're going to give away is an extra, extra large. So you know, well, think, we got think about that. It, let's talk about who this one is. It. What do we got there? Your long sleeve. You got a caller? <laughs> okay. You got it on the uh, proper button there. All right. Go ahead. Caller. Yeah. Oh, nice to hear you. There you are. Dude, so there is somebody out there. Starting to wonder if the phone was who working. Who is this? <laughs> uh, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Hey, Mark. Are you the Mark who sent me the uh, schnockered and pissy email? No. Oh, <laughs> oh, damn it. If I was, I probably wouldn't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for Fair calling. Enough. I would have been extra nice to you, actually, if you were. No. Well, <laughs> no, still not. Where are you calling from, Mark? Um, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. See, we're all over the place. Tim, uh, have we got some North Carolina f- uh, friends? Uh, you were asking about the, about uh, people on the other, other side of the country. You know anybody from North Carolina? Yeah, no, not North Carolina. Not North uh, Carolina. Uh, Asheville's got some good bluegrass. I like the music there. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> you ever had any Lagunitas, Mark? Uh, I have not. Have not. Do you guys ship uh, out uh, outside of uh, the West? Are you shipping? Yes, we do. Actually, Lagunitas is now shipping to New York and Texas. Oh, nice. Okay, it's it's a good California hoppy guy. What's that, Mark? You're not helping me much, though. Yeah, (laughs) I guess not. Not in North Carolina. Put a beer in your package. I hear good things about it, though. It's good stuff. Uh, it's actually, uh, whether Tim was here or not, I would say this just in case you think I'm being a nice guy. Uh, it's one of my favorite craft brews. It has been since I started drinking craft beer. And there's a reason why Tim's here. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> I st- actually, what John told me Tim's coming in, I was really stoked because uh, it's just it's good. I started drinking Sierra Nevada, uh, as I think a lot of people, uh, craft fans around here did because it's just so popular. My, I think it was my second thing that I tried was a Lagunitas and went, wow, that's good stuff. Anyway, I'm babbling. And Tim brought samples. Uh, what, I is, wanna, what is he drinking? What are you drinking, Mark? Um, drinking some IPA. Oh, nice. nice. Homebrew IPA? What hops did you use? Of course. Of course. Homebrew or your... Yeah, what hops did you use in it? Uh, Centennial and Magnum. Oh, yeah. a boy. <laughs> I'm such a hophead. I love good IPAs. If it tastes like salad, I love it. You know what I mean? Like the greener it is, the better. <laughs> no tongue left over. Uh, I'm going to ask you a personal question, and I'm not asking it to be rude, um, but because we got two shirts to give away, and one of them is huge, and the other one's not so huge. Which one do you want, Mark? Which, which ca- category do you fall into? Probably the not so huge. Okay. I'm glad about that because I want to have a, a huge contest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want like the biggest, whoever calls in that's the biggest guy gets the, gets the other shirt. That's, that's the next contest, by yeah. the way. All right. Mark, thank you very much for calling in. What time is it in North Carolina anyway? It's about 9.30. Nice. Oh, heck. This ain't bedtime yet. Yeah. You still got a couple beers left in you, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Hey, it's still light here in California. How do you like the show? That's pretty informative. Right. That's good. That's good. Several yeah. yeast comments for you. All right, Mark. Uh, Danielle is going to take down your information. You're going to get a free Lagunitas T-shirt. It'll be in the mail later this week. Sounds great. Thanks for calling in. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. All right, that was cool. All right, see? Getting a little Lagunitas advertising in North Carolina. How do you like that? Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Why don't you lobby back there? Maybe we'll get it shipped there. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. All right. Soon. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a little break, um, and we're gonna let's get right into Lagunitas when we come back. I want to start talking about them, which doesn't mean you can't still call in and type in yeast and fermentation questions because we're happy to answer them. Uh, I want to play a little new Coldplay. I'm yes. a music fan awesome as well album. as a, as a beer Ooh. fan, and this album just came out on Tuesday, I think. So. Cold, Here you go. Cold break? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little cold break. It's a good band name. <laughs> that is a good band name. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to a bunch of guys talk about beer. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Welcome back. You are listening to the Brewcasters, and it's our second yes. show. Going, going well. And I'm quite pleased with the information we're giving out, John. Yes. I'm also very pleased with our highly active chat room this week. I think you guys are being awesome in there, and I'm loving the questions. And uh, you're asking a lot of questions that I want to know about. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, during the break, I got about five questions for you guys. So awesome. uh, just before we get to talking to Tim, who's with us today from Lagunitas, uh, and, of course, we still have Dr. Scott hanging out, answering some of the tough questions for us, John and myself. Um, one of the questions I was going to get to for Lagunitas in, in the interview, but I'll just ask it real quick right now. Uh, I was going to try to squeeze a clone recipe out of you. Uh-oh. And someone in, the, someone in the chat room already beat me to it. Uh, they said, is there... Um, Let's see. Could you provide a Lagunitas clone recipe uh, uh, from your site? Uh, I guess they want it on our site. Even if it's just, uh, what is it, the amount of fermentables and what hops and what added for? Yeah, well. Which beer? Mm-hmm. As far as giving out a clone recipe, um, that's something that maybe I can't do without Tony's permission. But I do know that there's some uh, brewery mags out there that he has given away. Okay. A clone recipe. I can tell you some things though about the beer if you'd like. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. Some general things maybe. Well, we can start with the hops because at Lagunitas we love the hops. Well, let's hang on a second because I want. I definitely want to get into all that when we do the full Lagunitas thing, which oh, is going to be a couple oh, minutes. So oh, okay. hang on to that info and then they can you know write it all down at once. All right. So we'll all ask right, about all right. it. All right. So maybe not a clone. Although if I feed him another couple beers, I have a feeling he's going to give us one. <laughs> 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 no, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thumb um, screws. All right, that one I'll save for the interview. That one I'll save for the interview. Uh, here's a here's one, uh, probably for you, Doctor Scott. When taking yeast uh, out of a petri dish, what should I look for as far as what are the best colonies to remove? Do we know that? Yes. Oh, cool. uh, do you know how to streak a petri dish? If you can streak one, mm-hmm. and, you, and obviously you ask that question. If you know how to streak one, you can get a single colony. That's what you're trying to get. One single colony. One single colony. You want to get a very viable colony. One that's really going to town. Okay. My happy. And then, you know, sterilize your loop, pull that one, uh, put it on another, another, another petri dish and cultivate it that way. Okay. So you're looking for a single colony and the strongest one you can find. Right. Basically. You're, 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 the whole thing of the petri dish is you're trying to isolate a single colony. Okay. And you want to get one that's really Going good and really viable. If you got some mung growing on it, mm-hmm. you might wanna, you might want to streak another petri dish. I have a mung rag. Is, is there a color? You're, is there a color you're looking for? Uh, not green. Yeah, uh, wh- white. White, mean, white is good. White. Uh, so if you pitch penicillin, it's not. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah. That's a bad uh, uh, <laughs> Curious. You never know. You it never could know. be good for you if you got an infection, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. bad. Then. <laughs> but yeah, you just just want to get. 
a really nice healthy looking spot that's growing okay on there but make sure you you streak right so you can you can actually isolate a single colony pull that out pu- and put it on another petri dish yeah streak that out and then pull it from that one if you're really trying to really be anal about it okay that's what you want to do I gotta admit that in light of the cheesy comments I've gotten, I'm really holding back the things that I want to say, like when we start talking about streaking and yeast and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like I gotta tell you guys at home I that I am, I, like I'm ex- doing a great job. I'm exploding over here with stuff that I just want to hey, say. And most like, people aren't old enough to know about streaking. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I did it eighth grade. Is that right? Oh yes, that was disgusting. I'm yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Imagine for sure. my eighth grade little body running yeah. down the street. Yeah, I was yeah. trying not to do that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I'm telling you, just so that you at home can appreciate my lack of cheesiness, I'm really holding it back over here as we're talking yeast and streaking. All right, Wait, yeast and cheese <laughs> comes from the same. All right, so there you go. Be thankful, you bastards. All right, um, just a bit of information. FSU, which is the, uh, they're talking about the, the, the university. So you, now, now you're old back too. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> I love it. That's oh great. See, I'll go right back yeah. to cheese this yeah. if I'm not the only one doing it. <laughs> uh, FSU has a website that shows pictures of different beers under a microscope in color. So that's kind of cool. If you guys want to, that's it's, real cool. It's yeah. probably fsu.edu, although it's not on here. But I'm guessing that's about what it is. Yeah, just Google do, it. Do a Google for fsu. Um, okay, here's a detailed one. And I actually left out a question earlier that I meant to ask. It's about oxygenating. Okay. And uh, let me combine the two. The question earlier was how long should I oxygenate for? Okay. And this one is a bit more specific, saying how long would you recommend oxygenating a uh, 1070 to 1080 wort using, and it's very specific, the B3 half micron SS stone with the little benzomatic oxygen canister? Okay. That's, that's actually pretty good because takes away a lot of my questions. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, one thing is, are you oxygenating with pure oxygen, or are you just oxygenating well, that's with, what with room air? It's pure O2. For the, from the canister. Yes, I know that. Okay. okay. Sweet. But, but some people just do uh, the aquarium filter and bubble through that, which, which is I've fine. Which I've been thinking about doing myself. Which, which, are, which is all fine. Um, the thing with the yeast is you want to put them in... Yeast love two ways of life. They're kind of... Buy that mm-hmm. way. They like to. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> they, they By the way, we're broadcasting <laughs> from the San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area, so we got no qualms with yeast that are by. Yeah, uh, they they will both live aerobically and anaerobically. Okay. If they live aerobically, they're not going to give any alcohol and they're not going to do what you want to do. But mm-hmm. you want them to do what they want to do. So when you're giving them al- oxygen, you're telling they're gi- you're giving them. All they need to make more friends, okay. to replicate, and to better ferment your beer. All right. So uh, when I oxygenate, I'll oxygenate with a stone because it gives more diffusion of it. Within two minutes, you've saturated that solution. So, so no more than two minutes. That's a general rule. Two minutes. Yeah, with pure oxygen. Okay. And that's what that's what we're working on here. And you're better off with that anyway. So that would be also for this 1070 to 1080 work, right, saying but, two minutes is fine. But within half an hour to an hour, uh, that yeast is going to use up all that oxygen. Okay. So it's a good thing to give another jolt of oxygen anywhere from another two hours to another six hours later. 
And with a, with that high of gravity, I would even do it a third time. But don't do it past 12 hours. Okay. I think uh, I got that from you in you, a grew tip also. That we, right. We you, want, you want oxygen in there because in their aerobic phase, they're just... They're propagating. Okay. They're making more buddies to help you ferment your 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 wort. Okay. Uh, but after that, after they start f- going into anaerobic and they start creating alcohol and all their cool little esters and everything they're going to do, uh, then you're going to start adding oxygen that you don't want to have. So no yeah. oxygen after no that. No oxygen after that. Okay. So if you've got a high-gravity wort... Oxygen a few times, maybe at two-hour, three- or four-hour intervals, but not over 12 hours. Okay. Fair enough. And you will, John, uh, you, you you'll, you'll be amazed I've at heard how up fast 20, it goes. I've heard up to 24 uh, hours. Up to that, 24. Yeah. Okay. That was from Chris White. He told me 12. Okay. Uh, oh, that's I've awesome. Heard, heard it depends on how much he had to drink. It, 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 will, depend on, it will depend on the lag time, too, because if you're talking lager, you got a longer lag time, so you've got more leeway into well, it. Can okay. I say one thing? Loggers, I think you want to oxygenate more heavily. Yes. Um, well, mainly because what's going on when you ferment, you want to expel certain things like in a lager, specifically like sulfur. Mm-hmm. Rather than keeping that in solution, you want a vigorous fermentation where that'll be expelled. Right. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. depending on what kind of style you're looking at. but By, by giving okay. them oxygen, you're, you're helping them to create cell wall lipids for the cell walls and to create more little little yeasty boys. Okay. And that's what you want to have. The more yeasty boys, the better. And less oxygen, you know, they're limited, so they're not gonna they're not gonna propagate as much. You're not gonna have as many yeast cells. Mm-hmm. And then they go right into to anaerobic uh, with with less guys to help them. Okay. Yeah. I want to point out that, uh, like myself, and and probably a lot of other beer drinkers. Uh, Dr. Scott's answers get a lot a lot longer the more he drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be complete. No, yeah. and you're told, it's all the information. I'm just pointing out. I have more information. What we ought to do is a nice comparison of the beginning of show to end of show answers from Dr. Scott because you get every bit of information at the end of the show. So if you got a detailed question next week. Be careful. <laughs> or the be week careful, after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure you ask at the end of the show. That's oh, did, awesome. Wait, do detailed questions... Foster a longer answer or a shorter answer? <laughs> it's, I, don't I don't know. I haven't figured you out yet. We'll I'll let you know it. in we'll a couple weeks. <laughs> All right. Let's get to Lagunitas, who I am really happy to have in here. We've got Tim, you. who's uh, one of the brewers from, from Lagunitas. Um, Are you the newest brewer? Uh, yeah, I would be the newest brewer in the staff, yes. Because that's, right. that's actually very cool, bringing some new blood in. Yeah. And, and yeah. And yeah, Lagunitas, new, is new ex- yeah. Lagunitas is expanding right now. We're in one of those transitional phases. A lot of installations. We're moving from, uh, say, well, you have a home brewer who started in his garage, and you move into like a pub style, and now we're this uh, full-blown microbrewery. And now we're looking at issues like uh, consistency, you know, and things, and looking towards like I guess Sierra would be being here right. in California. Mm-hmm. Those would, they would be like the pillar that you know we're looking towards. So you're going for a little more commercial viability, getting it out there. Yeah, well, we of course enjoy the experimentation, and we always want to embrace the the roots of the home brewing. Okay. And we like to we have seasonal releases, right? Which is something we really like to do. I mean, as a brewer, it's very interesting. You yeah. know, I mean, you get to change of, it up that exactly. way. Exactly. Some of these. Uh, I mean, other brewers, you know, I'm just not going to mention names, but you get these certain uh, brews that are always coming out, you know, and it just becomes repetitive mm. and uh, not as fun, I guess. Right. But, uh, I actually do like that a lot about Lagunitas, that you can always find a different... Uh, although, I, 
I th- Lagunitas IPA is a staple of mine. It is definitely right. a, a go-to beer uh, that you guys do all the time, and it's very consistent. But I also like that I can go to uh, a Beverages and More or, or even a, a well-stocked liquor store and get a 22-ounce of a lot of these seasonal and different beers that you guys do. How many different styles would you say you guys brew right now? Oh my. I mean, well, I, you know, I've only been with Lagunitas for almost nine months and there are some styles out there I haven't even brewed, to be really? honest. Okay. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I've heard of them, of course, and I've tasted some of the library samples, which can be very interesting. Right. And, uh, there, there's, I mean, there's over, there's over a dozen. Gosh, I mean, yeah, maybe like I 20 different, okay. different beers. And we're continually uh, coming up with new ones. I mean, we have one Belgian beer, uh, the number 10, and just this week we've been propping up new yeast for a dark Belgian. So now we have like a golden and a darker one coming out soon. So Nice. That's good. Yeah. I got to – I'll tell you, that I, I want to ask about a specific beer. Uh, I don't know if you got – maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. Yeah, sometimes you you drink a certain alcoholic beverage, and and definitely the 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 drunk that it gives you, or or the buzz that it gives you, is different. Wine is yeah. different than beer, right? Yeah, different. Rushes. And certain so beers, tequila. and so is tequila, exactly. <laughs> and and actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, Lagunitas brews a brown sugar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a Christmas beer, right? Is that when you guys do it? it yes, it comes out around then. Yep, it comes okay. uh, late fall. Yes, mm-hmm. it's called brown sugar, and I want to get into the details of brown sugar in a little bit, but I've had it. For over a couple, they, they brew it each year, and it's a little different each year too. Only a little. And when I drink brown sugar, like after about two of them, uh-huh. I feel a lot more high than I do yeah. drunk. I'll tell you, yeah. that. it's the holiday festive season. <laughs> yeah. Is that all it is? What's in it? It's, it's high alcohol. Yeah. And I mean, I can start by saying, I guess, well, of course, the name brown sugar comes from the the, the only adjunct we use, which is kind of you know, I, I don't like to say that word, but uh, it's. You know, it's 100% fermentable as brown sugar, and it goes into that recipe as well as a couple other beers at okay. Lagunitas. And now, that being said, that boosts our gravity, and I think what you can get are some, uh, what people will call like fusel alcohols, and it's just some different types of alcohols that will give you a different uh, effect. What, yeah. okay. what, what's the original gravity on brown sugar? The, oh, about. The original gravity? Oh, it's up there. Oh, well, I mean, 1080. 1080. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. That's I why you're that. feeling high. I'm telling you, <laughs> if you drink a six pack of brown sugar, oh, you're not getting up for work in the morning. No. I'm going to tell you that right now. It would be a headache. Unless you're Dr. Scott, who's you work? well trained. You work? <laughs> I try. <laughs> not after brown sugar, I don't. It's a good way to start and then kind of transition to the IPA. Gotcha. You're absolutely right. Go big, go you go That's what we do at the brewery. <laughs> you go two brown sugars, you get the nice high, then you switch right over to the IPA. Yeah. It's an awesome beer. I'm going to tell yeah. you that right now. I really like it. Have you had that too, Dr. Scott? Mm-hmm. Brown sugar? Yes, John, I, you yeah. ever tried that? It's good stuff. Yep. Let me tell you another favorite that I like. Your Maximus, which mm, is yes. like your super IPA, right? Exactly. The double IPA, which is being becoming more and more common these days in the micro brews. Right. It's kind of like over the top. It's kind of like the bars being raised for the IPA. Yeah. Right. And... Uh, it's a good thing if you really like hops. There are some people who, in my opinion, are taking it a little too far and putting hops in the mash and things like that. But uh, for us, we're just, um, you know, adding some more hops. It, it's basically, it's kind of like the word imperial comes out, and yeah. it's more hops, and it's just more alcohol. It's just more of everything. Right. But from a processing standpoint, it can become a bitch to deal so with. So <laughs> when do you add your hops? Okay. Like, what is, what we're, are, we're already on to double IPAs and mm-hmm. imperial IPAs. What's the next step? What do we call Yeah. It? What are we going to call that? Yeah. 
I don't know. Freaking IPA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Imperial, actually, uh, because, and I want to get back to John's question about what, what you know, mm. where you guys are putting the hops in. Yeah. Imperial seems to be the new buzzword in craft breweries. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody's coming up with an Imperial Stout, an Imperial IPA, an Imperial mm-hmm. Red. It's uh, is that is, Am I accurate in that? It really no, seems like the new buzzword. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And like I said, I think, it, well, it, it kind of comes from just, just over the top. I mean, when you think right. about the things you want in a beer, I mean, everyone likes certain different things in a beer. But, you know, you want more malt, you want more hops, you want more alcohol. That's right. just what Imperial is. Right. Um, I mean, Imperial Russian Stout, I think, is maybe one right. of the first uh, yeah. styles it, it, to go it that It needed way. to make it all the way to the Russian cousins. Right. <laughs> and it needed more hops, more malt, more yeah. everything. More preservative. It wouldn't yeah. make it. You're, you're talking horse, carriage, yeah. boat, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's... It's not going to make it. Right. It's, no, I'm, I'm lucky my keg made it in the car right over here. Yeah. You'd <laughs> yeah. be lucky we if it makes too. it out of here, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wonder, though, and I would like to hear from our, our chat board or even some phone calls, either from around the world or, or around They're the country. Aussie guys. I want to hear uh, from the Aussie guys. Because I know that hops, and, and definitely this imperial thing, is a West Coast trend. Really hoppy beers is, yeah. is more popular out here in the Pacific Northwest than it is in the rest of the country. So I'm curious not world. only what is in the world exactly. I'm curious not only uh, you know what's popular, but but what's different uh, about the other beers aside from less hop. You know, but I would like to know what's what are their biggest popularity beers. You know, yeah. if you get a if you get a Maximus from Lagunitas on the East Coast, are people turned off by it or are they stoked to, to taste something different like that? So if there's anybody out there from from anywhere else who who is experiencing different kind of beers, go ahead and either call 925-691-5589 or chat in and Daniela will uh it will it will get the questions over to us or the answers. Let us know. Yeah. So and now John asked before uh for something like a uh, like a Maximus where yeah. where I guess you're not putting hops in the mash, where are you doing the extra hops? Well, that's that's where it becomes difficult. I mean, we're just, you know, you you up the hopping rate in the kettle and the whirlpool mm-hmm. a lot. To, I mean, you know, the bitterness you got to throw in the kettle to up the bitterness, yeah. but what, uh, also the, in r- aroma. What's you know? the final IBU on that? Something like that. Oh uh, gosh, you know what? I don't even know off the top of my head. Eighty hundred. It's not a hundred though. It's it's eighty. I'd say 80? it's in the eighty yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite a hundred. But um, when you say you're putting hops in in the whirlpool, it's, it, now. It, as I understand, that would be after the boil. Yes. Now you're whirlpooling to get the trub out, right? Exactly, yes. And you're That's actually adding hops at that point? Yeah. You That's are. all for aroma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You add a, yeah. How but long are, are you whirlpooling a batch of your guys, you know, because you're brewing a, how many? Well, uh, a typical time, yeah, basically what you're fighting there is your DMS, your vegetal. I mean, you're right. throwing a bunch of hops in there. You don't want them to sit for too long or you're going to get, like, canned corn or, you know, whatever else you want to say. Um, so, like, 20 minutes is pretty typical okay. time to be in the whirlpool. And that, how many gallons are, are whirlpooling? Uh, gallons? Well, with a 30-barrel system. 30 barrels. So, okay. 900. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you got thirty barrels whirlpooling for twenty minutes, and you're adding hops to yeah. that you for a room in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to swim in there. It's a good way to go out. Yeah. It just keeps swirling, and it just keeps swirling until all the hops migrate into the middle, yeah. so you can pull off your clear wort, which is what you want to send to the fermenter. Okay, of course, you don't want too much hop in there. Okay. But, uh, now this may be a stupid and an odd question, but I'm an organics guy. I really all like right. to. Uh, I like to grow my own stuff. I like to make as much as I possibly yeah. can myself. Sure. What are you guys doing with all that hop trub when you're done? Yeah, well, um, we send it off to a farmer. 
Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And uh, we do that with our spent grain as well. Okay. These, are, these days, they used to be called byproducts in the brewing industry, but these days they're calling them uh, co-products. Yeah. Because they can be used, and uh, the spent grain goes to cattle. We okay. Feed, we feed a herd of cattle, this local farmer. Awesome. And the uh, the troub, the cattle don't like it as much, but it's kind of an interesting story because they'll eat it, and you get these uh, cows that become alcoholic cows. Is that right? And yeah, I, I know the farmers say that sometimes when they show up with the uh, troub truck, like some of these cows just come leaping in, and they're like, oh! Oh yeah, it's here. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's like <laughs> pulling a keg up to the studio. <laughs> well, we all get all right, Bessie, come on, two chucks here. Man, that's even better that's than I expected. Awesome. That's, that's awesome. yeah, yeah. Come on, <laughs> baby, get up, get up the tube trucks. Yeah. A lot of breweries are doing that these days. They okay. usually have at least one farmer, if not a couple, where they send okay. those. So uh, that's what that California happy cow like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the weather. <laughs> Actually, I really like to hear that. I, I call me corny, but uh, I just I really like to hear because it's it's yeah. very useful and yes. it's good for topsoil and it's good uh, you know for feed and you can do all sorts of. Th- I'm working on a. I'm going to have a compost box just for my my spent grain to Definitely. throw in there and then use in my garden because I, I read an article in I think it was uh, Zymergy um, it was just an, another organics guy talking about how organic brewing can be and that basically you don't really have to waste anything you know the the most amount of 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 waste is in cleaning and using all that water, but even yeah. that you can recycle. And mm-hmm. you know there's ways you can do it. This guy wrote about actually trapping rainwater and using that to wash his. Uh, you know he put the sanitizer in that and and well no he didn't sanitize with it, but he washed with it. He would put soap in the rainwater bucket and really just wash everything well, out in there. We, we've had a big brew where we've all put our pumps into the pool mm. and use the pool as a recirc. Nice and. Mm. Didn't waste any water. That's awesome. See, I think, it's, swimming. I think it's important because pretty much everything in the process is reusable. So that's cool. I'm glad you guys do that. Yeah. Nice work. All right. Uh, a couple questions I have for you uh, personally is how long have you yourself been brewing? Um, I've been brewing for a little over five years now. Uh, I got my start uh, in Chicago in the Midwest. Uh, that's where my family's from. That's where I grew up. And uh, Goose Island Brewery there. The time uh, was the Midwest's largest microbrewery. And I started there. I actually... I started from down low on the bottling line. Okay. Worked there for about ten months. <laughs> All right. And let me tell you, the bottle shop. Oh, like you were saying before, it as sucks. a home brewer, yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> well, it's not too fun. I mean, it's just uh, it's backbreaking. But th- then he moved right. up to cleaning. It's valuable. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's valuable information. Okay. Yeah, and you know, you run the keg line. You learn oh. how to clean bright tanks and fermenters, and then you start filtering beer. I worked into the cellar there. Moved into the cellar and started filtering and pitching yeast and harvesting yeast. That's where I learned about yeast management. Okay. So, Working in the lab a little bit, counting yeast cells, things like that. And uh, from that point, I came out to California and uh, at Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Worked under uh, Matt Brennelson, which nice. is an amazing guy. Good um, beer. So idea. knowledgeable. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I worked there for three, almost three years and learned to brew. Okay. Under one of the best. And now I'm up here in the Bay Area with my girlfriend. So, yeah. Okay. Now, so is it safe to say then that you did not go to school for a, a quote unquote brewmaster degree? Yeah, oh, I mean you can say that. That's fine. Okay. Um, I learned. Uh, I've learned from people who have been to the Siebel Institute of Technology in Chicago, um, mostly, and I, I work with some people now from Davis. So I pick up things hands on. I'm very much experience based brewing. Uh, you know, that's where I've learned most of my knowledge. 
I do have a college degree, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm an ah, engineer, nice. environmental see, engineering. All so, those people but, uh, are, are not you know. as cool as <laughs> Hands-on is where you learn, in my, opi- cool. in my opinion, man. Well, I think you're right. Yeah. Actually, I think that would go with any college degree. You, you definitely learn that, you know, what you, what you get to know, but then you gotta go do it to, uh, yeah. to get to know it. And yeah, I guess that brewing is... Sometimes is, you just learn what you're interested, where your interests are, and, yeah. And then go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you said to me earlier that you didn't learn until your senior year in college. Yep. That's when you wanted to brew beer. Yeah, I started at a BOP, actually, a brew your own, or oh. brew on premise. Where, okay. Um, it was kind of funny because I was learning as I was teaching people how to make beer. I mean, nice. I kind of knew the process and I wanted to in college for a while. Yeah. But, uh, you know, being in dormitory, it's kind of hard to get the equipment and put it all together. Right. But uh, I picked, I found a book, The Joy of Home Brewing. I'm sure you all know it out there. And yeah. uh, it was in the trash. And so I started reading it. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Here I am today. Oh, you're a dumpster diver. That's a true story, too. <laughs> it's really weird. I'm, I'm really shocked. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really shocked. Charlie would be happy to know that. <laughs> That's where you learned this. Charlie, your wow. book was in the trash. Yeah. No, I don't mean it that way, but, you know, it was hey, in the dormitory. It was saved. It's probably the only copy. Now, there's yeah. a pro <laughs> save it, yeah. I'm really shocked to hear that you learned anything about beer in college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just the amount of consumption. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah, sure you drank yeah. some. That's what I told Tim earlier. I said, I think that uh, you know, for the first three years, he learned that he loved beer. And it, w- <laughs> it took the last year to learn that that's what he wanted to spend his life doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And positive pressure on dispensing. <laughs> <laughs> A couple answers to our earlier uh, inquiry about uh, what the, the rest of the world is drinking. In Ontario, uh, Canada, because there's an Ontario, California, by the way. Ontario, California, uh, uh, Canada, rather, malty brews are preferred over hoppy brews. Ah, um, more English. I actually have drank a lot of beer in Toronto, and I drank something. Um, uh, maybe you can help me out in the chat room, whoever wrote this. It was called Alexander something. And they, mm. it was an IPA. They had a couple different beers. I tried somebody's IPA, and I think it was the Alexander. No hops whatsoever. It, they <laughs> called it an IPA. It wasn't a Belgian? But it was, no. Okay. Well, they do have that. They, yeah. they got the, yeah. But, but what they called an IPA, uh-huh. for one, was, was the color of, uh, kind of like a, a, an English light beer. Right, so not not quite as clear as a as a Coors Light, but but not as dark as a pale ale. Okay, and they called it an IPA, but it was nothing like an oh, IPA I, we IPAs have here. IPAs are supposed to be light. Yeah. Okay. Well, we tend yeah, to yeah. have them pretty dark and pale ale looking out here, and, and they're supposed to be lighter around. than a pale ale. Okay, I've right. heard this too. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So that's what he's drinking out there, and in Australia, because I, um, I got knocked down for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in a competition. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Australia, they say that hops are becoming big in Australia now thanks to, um, I guess it's Little Creatures Pale Ale. That must be a brand they got out there, uh, which I wouldn't mind trying, a little Australian little Pale creatures. Ale. So they're getting a little hoppy out there. Um, okay, and now I got a specific question for Lagunitas. Um, right. The question is, why doesn't the July beer at Lagunitas have a name yet? The July beer. I don't I'm not know what familiar that, with that. You're not one. familiar with no, the July beer. The July beer. That's what it says. Well, we're not in July. Well, yeah, yet. I haven't worked at Lagunitas in July. <laughs> Daniela, are we sure that was the question? The July beer. Hmm. That's what they said. Okay. Uh, Equinox or well, I don't know. Uh, All right. Uh, well, maybe I like, be I like more the number nine. Now you have a number ten. Yeah, number ten. Yeah. I like number nine. <laughs> number nine. What are those number referring nine. to? Number nine. Talking about number there? nine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> you stumped me. <laughs> All right, so you've been at Lagunitas for uh, nine months. Yeah. Um, do you know where the name Lagunitas comes from? 
Well, Lagunitas is a town. It is. California, yeah. Now, you guys are in Petaluma, is yes, that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. Lagunitas. And as far as I know, that's the second location. I mean, the first one could have been very tiny. Okay. Uh, homebrew, almost. So uh, it was named after the town, then? Yeah. Okay. Let's just go with that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Honestly, I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> that works. What about... Uh, um, I don't know. I'm interested in weird stuff. Uh, the, the dog. Let's <laughs> not go there. Yeah, let's. The dog that's on the pale ale label. Sure. Whose dog is that? That was Tony Mangie's, the owner. You know, I mean. Is it a pit? Is it a pit? Well, I, I guess it is. It I mean, looks like, like a like pit. The one about I think the, about the same time that he was probably putting this brew together. Who was it with Anheuser Busch? Who they have? Uh, Spud McKenzie. Oh, it was right. Probably an offshoot kind of that, maybe. Okay. But uh, just guessing. I but think it's cool. You know, there's a pit yeah, about it's cool. the dog town. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's a pit about the no, oh, yeah. Oh. ankle. I j- I, I'm curious a, because a, I have a. It was a pit. A, <laughs> there's a there's a pit bull in the studio right now who's uh, really like a lethargic poodle. If right. you, to, to to be quite honest. Uh, wait, she, What's my name of your dog? But she is a pit bull. Her name's the biscuit. But she, the biscuit. she loves the children. Biscuit. Yeah, she'll, she does. she'll eat anything, but she loves but children. She loves children the best. You're getting me in trouble. Oh. See, I'm trying to get hey, she's, good this game she's, she's the coolest, mellowest dog yeah. here. I'll tell you what, the nicest per, uh, the, the nicest she, she's nice to everybody. Oh yeah. But the is. coolest she ever was was to the first little girl she ever met. There was yeah. there's no little kids around my house, but I, I I took her driving across the country. The first girl she ever met was an eight year old girl who wanted to play fetch. Now when I play fetch with the dog, she won't let go of the thing. I have to wrestle <laughs> it with her, and she sounds real mean, and she gets angry, and I can't get her to let go for the life of me. This That's little part girl. Of the game. This little girl threw the bone, and the dog brought it back, dropped it out at her feet, walked five feet away, and turned around and waited for her to throw it again. Wow. The first little kid she ever met. So, uh, just, she you know. Knows. She you, knows. Yeah, she does know. She got a little mother in her, and, uh, I, hey, I just thought I'd give a little counter to all the negative pit bull stories. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm <laughs> Love the add. biscuit. Oh, she's good. All right. I would like to know, and this doesn't have to be a Lagunitas question. I mm-hmm. guess it could be, uh, you know, your your professional career question. Sure. Uh, is there a favorite batch that you've made? A particular year, a batch, whatever you got. Favorite batch. Wow. Yeah. That you know, that's a which tough one question are you proud of? Like your first one. Being a production brewer, there's a lot of different batches I've gone through, but um, yeah. Well, I guess to be honest, I mean. Well, Lagunitas, I love the creativity that's going on there, and there's a lot of good brews there, and I do like that brown sugar a lot. It's a very interesting high-gravity beer and the barley wine there. Okay. A year-old barley wine from Lagunitas is one of the best I've ever tasted. Really? As far as, like, the way it's uh, aged. Nice. Because some of the beers, since being so high-gravity, can age very well. Right. But uh, coming from, or working at Firestone, I did some primary fermentation in oak. Which okay. Which really, uh, it sparked some interest in, uh, you know, wood beers. Right. It's something you don't hear a lot about besides maybe in the Belgian community. But uh, an oaky an oaky beer, it can be interesting. You can get some toffee flavors, some vanilla, and things like that. Nice. And ma- basically, it's kind of like an English-style beer, probably, that you want to put it in right. <laughs> that category. Because it can be, some other people might call it a little dirty. But uh, it, it's just it's it's interesting and it's unique. So I enjoyed making, well, the Firestone Double Barrel Ale okay. is uh, 10% primarily fermented in oak. That's great. Really? Yeah. I would love to ferment a batch in oak, actually. McTarnahan's out here uh, in Oregon, actually. Uh, makes their IPA is oak aged. They say, and I don't know if that mm. means they add oak chips or they actually do it in oak barrels. Um, oaks, I don't oaks, know. oaks. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> <It's> oak. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, just be careful. Too much oak yeah. is too much. Oak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It will. It will fade with time. Yeah. Just when you're pulling the last beer. 
<laughs> that's that's yeah, my no, experience. I agree with you, but at the same time, uh, Firestone also had a, uh, they took those, uh, I say it's 10%, Firestone double barrels, 10%, primary fermentation and oak. We also used to take some of that beer and put it in a conditioning vessel, and we'd blend it back during filtration is what would happen to make that 10%. But we would also, just for the facility at Firestone, the only place you can get that is 100%, that beer 100% uh-huh. fermented. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't stellar, and sometimes it'd be over-sulfury, and it would be kind of strange. You're licking fire. But, uh, yeah, it's You're just licking fire it's something different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's interesting. I love that comment. That's interesting. <laughs> All right, let me do this. And uh, before I go on with the interview, we're going to need to wrap things up as soon as we can. But uh, let's give away that last shirt we got. Now, you brought a double XL. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a double XL. I just love that they make them like that for beer people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm happy. They about know. That. Here's what we're going to do. The person <laughs> who gets the double XL uh, is going to call in. And you need to be able to wear a double XL, and you need to be proud of the fact that you've had enough homebrew to wear the double XL. That's what I want. I don't want any shy double XLs in here, because I met some big teddy bear guys who are just happy to be the way they are. This is actually the point in the show where our archive stops. Our archive machine failed to take the archive it was supposed to that day. Luckily, a... Great listener in Australia by the name of Darren recorded the show and sent us what he had. Uh, so this whole archive is dedicated to Darren. Thank you very much. And the show only went on for about another 10 minutes that we didn't catch here, which finished up the Lagunitas archive and gave away our double extra large shirt to another Australian who deserved it. I can tell you that. He sent me a picture of his belly, and uh, he deserved a double extra large shirt. He's uh, been working hard on his homebrew, I can tell you that. In the future, our archive machine will be up and running, uh, fully functional, so all archives will be complete, and we'll have them up for you very soon. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, it's EJ Fair Brewery, and they're located uh, in Concord, California. We're going to get Morgan, the master brewer for that brewery, in here talking to us. We're doing a full talk on mashing and mash efficiency and everything we can get you about you uh, about mashing for you all-grain brewers. Uh, we're also hoping to get JJ, who's the owner of EJ Therapy, in there too, so we can get both those guys, get the beer perspective and the business perspective out there for you. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week.